There. Finally, I wrecked it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sneaky Dragon. My name is David Dedrick. Hey, I'm Ian Boothby. Hello, Ian Boothby. Hi, Dave Dedrick. <laughs> so, Do you prefer David or Dave? Third. I prefer. I should, I, I should ask after I don't know thirty years or so. Or yeah, more. I don't really have a. I don't really have a big opinion on it. I am David to some. I'm David. Dave to At others. Work. What are you? I think I'm a Dave, but I can also be a David, or I can be a Davo. Oh. Spence. Okay, because Steve Allen works at your uh, workplace. That's right, he does. <laughs> David. And uh, to your wife, you are? David. Okay. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. It's the extended version. Or sometimes I'm Dave. Oh, it oh. depends. Oh, I if she's mad? If, I don't know. <laughs> Dave! She's never mad at me. No, why would she be? Why There's would, no reason. What would I do? I would. There's nothing I've ever done in my whole life that could make a person mad at me. Absolutely. Oh my gosh! How could you suggest such a thing? I, I'm again. I'm embarrassed that I brought it up. I'm, I'm glad I've only brought it up in the 519th episode of the show. <laughs> That's right. Took a while. Took a while to mortally offend me. Yeah, the, the original title of this podcast was flawless. <laughs> we just talked about you know what? We got our shit together. Everything's good. Everything's great. That's how it goes. It's, unfortunately, every episode only lasted about a minute. Yeah, and then we, we start listing ice cream flavors we enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a big, hard discussion about rum raisin. Real hardcore. Yeah, I don't care for that either. No. What are you talking about? First of all, you lost me at rum. You double lost me at raisin. <laughs> I mean, I like raisins, but the idea of frozen raisins. Well, I don't think they're frozen. But I don't think they're hard raisins that would like could, choke you. Well, but they're in ice cream. How could they not be hard? Well, you, you, you eat them melted? Well, they're not. I mean, ice cream isn't completely. I know it's like a frozen treat. It's a frozen treat, But it's sir. a soft treat. It's like it's not... It's not like ice, you know, and so I don't think like uh, I don't think the raisins in uh, rum raisin are like Maybe. like like shards of glass. That no, you I didn't think that, but I, just... I think they're soft in some way. Really, I would assume that'd be weird eating something really sharp in your ice cream. Though uh, you know, M and M's. If you have like yeah, if you have frozen like chocolate in the stuff, it's also yeah maybe. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't until um, because totally, I don't really like rum flavor. Okay. Like don't, I don't like a rum ball. Don't like a rum. I don't don't like a rum lifesaver. Yeah, I don't like a rum lifesaver. Don't like a rum and coke. Well, no. But you like a coke. I do like a hold coke. the rum. But hold the rum, please. That's what you're having right now. <laughs> that's right. A rumless coke. I say, can I have a rum and coke? Hold the rum. That's right. That's what I always order at a restaurant. And the waiter always, for some reason, looks at me twice. Sometimes the scant. So there, there you go. Hey, want to update everyone? Uh, I installed my bathtub or our bathtub on uh, yesterday actually. So we had a holiday. We had a holiday from work yesterday. I know you didn't. You worked just as hard yesterday as you work every day of the week. <laughs> oh, well, that seems mean. Um, <laughs> I just yes. mean that you don't have a you don't have like a set. That's ske- true. It's work just schedule. have it's this like, stuff done that needs to be done. Uh, yeah, Remembrance Day was yesterday. Which in the states is it Veterans Day or Memorial Day? That's a question I have no answer for. Because well, isn't there American? two of them? What? As an American, I have no answer for that still. Oh, very good. I'm sure Americans are the same. It's the unknown holiday to you that That's you right. celebrate. That's right. You go to the grave of the unknown holiday <laughs> and you go like, uh, sorry, or thank you, or, or oh boy, this is awkward. <laughs> I hope no one's recording this. They are? Ah, oh, damn it. Um, I th- yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the two. I get, I get Memorial Day. And uh, Veterans Day. Yeah, confused. what is the difference? Is be my question. One, one we. Oh, uh, one is uh, for people of past memorial. Okay, and then uh, and then a- any veterans, past and present, I would assume for Veterans Day. So veterans would be with us still. I you see. Would, you would celebrate I them see. as well. 
Okay. But Memorial Day, I don't think you would. Okay, got it. Got it. Because for Remembrance Day, we remember those who have served and those who are serving. Yes. But a little different in the States. Yeah, and this is also when, uh, as anti-vaxxers, we uh, storm the the thing and uh, and try to make a speech. And then uh, it's not good. That happened. Did it happen? Yeah, oh. Vancouver. It, at uh, Victory, Victory Square, Square, I believe. Yeah. 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 Um, and, uh, and, and it was handled quite nicely where people just started singing over Can- uh, Oh Canada and drowned them out. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Very good. Because, yeah, when we... We had a weird one this, like I went to the Cenotaph in Aldergrove yesterday for the service, but it was sparsely attended, which I understand COVID is still a concern, although apparently not for a lot of people there who were uh, maskless, although they're outside. So I'm willing to give them a little bit of, all right. Yeah. Because we have heard that it's okay if you're outside without a mask on. Okay, that's fine. But it feels like if you're in a group of people, then you should be wearing a mask, no matter. And one where there's going to be quite a few elderly people, probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's Remembrance Day that's all elderly people, myself included, and some kids who are there just, uh, what? But, yeah. But I don't think we sang Oh Canada at it. We sang, um, uh, whatever it's called, the other song, the Majesty one. Uh, 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 oh, okay. I was going to go the Maple Leaf Forever. Uh, the Maple Leaf Rag. We sang the, ma- <laughs> and the Maple Leaf Rag. No, we uh, sang. The God Save the Queen song. Was God Save the Queen. That's yeah. right. The Sex Pistols version. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. <laughs> the priest, uh, yes, intoned, in the words of John Rotten Leiden, let us now sing God Save the Queen. With the sacred three chords. The sacred three chords is played by St. Paul. No, sorry, sorry, St. Stephen. Paul's different. It is. Paul Cook was on drums. Yeah, I'm just looking if, uh, if, if it was, oh, was he? Uh, I think it was it might have been Kelowna. It was Kelowna. That was where it happened. Oh well, that, the, uh, that tracks. Uh, crash things. That tracks. Yep. I did not hear that. People are Lucky calling me. it an absolute disgrace. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to describe it. Yeah. Even if even if it, they ran up there to say something good, like even if you just like crash the thing say to talk about positive things to say. Well, say do you, do you wanted to talk about uh, climate change or whatever. Oh, I thought even if they crashed it to go. You know, I just want to say I really respect. Yeah, that's right. it's still, the even that, no, you don't. Yeah, you still. don't. You don't crash it to even yeah. do appropriate things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you know, take that. It's take that out. Wrong all around. Wrong all around. You know, and what was it? What was the? What was the? Th- what was the thing they thought was going to happen? Like people would like turn around and go, you know what? Yeah, you're this right. Is, this guy's got a really you know good what? point. Forget all this uh, Remembrance yep. Day business. Yep, that's uh, right. You know, uh, you know, the, the past, the past, and uh, you sure. know, war, but you know, the real war is on our freedoms. <laughs> and then what? What freedoms are we losing? I can't remember now. That's but. right. The freedom. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> it gets dark. Uh, and then yeah, then all the soldiers there would go, "You're right. Let's let's rally behind her." And then <laughs> was it a woman? Uh, I, I see a woman yelling. Oh, with a clipboard. Oh, nothing like yelling. That's the other thing that makes it even better is when someone's yelling at you. Oh, boy. Well, again, I saw a, a group of them protesting outside of City Hall last week, and it was rainy, and they didn't have umbrellas. And it was like, come on. If you're not, like, come on, dum-dums. Like, <laughs> well, to be fair, I'm a true Vancouverite. I do not carry an umbrella. Okay. Ever. Okay. I just slouch through the rain or t- attempt to dodge it. Okay. So if you're going to be standing for like say an hour or so, be, uh, and it's raining outside, doomed. you yeah. just go out. That's <laughs> about it. <laughs> okay. Yep. So not only we're not worried about COVID, but not worried about catching a cold. Yeah. Yeah. I guess pneumonia doesn't exist either. Yeah. 
It's all fake. Soak it up. <laughs> you know, there's only so much Darwin you really should pack into one person. So just, just stop it. Just oh, oh my, oh me. But I do like, I do like that uh, they sang Oh Canada. That's a, uh, that's a nice way of of getting someone to shut up yeah. without going shut up. <laughs> no, that's yes. good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we didn't we didn't do we didn't do Flanders Field like we didn't we didn't read out Flanders Field this year. Felt like it was felt like it was a kind of a reduced service this year. And maybe that's just a symptom of of us, um, you know, COVID times. They didn't want to keep people hanging around too long, so they, you know, did the really important things. You know, wreaths uh, were you know the laying of the wreath. Yeah, here's so and so from the Aldergrove Elks to lay down a wreath for. You know, here's such and such from 24-hour mini storage to lay a wreath on the, what, 24? I guess this is a cheap way to get advertising, I guess. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Maybe they stored the wreaths there. <laughs> maybe maybe they were generous enough, generous enough to let, allow us to store our wreaths at the 24-hour mini storage. <laughs> this seems weird. Like, all right, what are, why are businesses doing this <laughs> for free publicity? Well, that was the thing. I got a thing, uh, an email yesterday from Pizza Garden. And Pizza it was like, Garden. it said, okay. Pizza Garden remembers. I'm like, what? It's like, and it was like a yeah. Remembrance Day thing. And they were, Pizza Garden was sending me like Remembrance Day information. I'm like, uh-huh. no, Pizza Garden. I hope, no. I hope they had like a, a cemetery and all the pe- all the tombstones were pizzas, <laughs> half in the ground. <laughs> and <laughs> half pepperoni. <laughs> Little pepperonis, pepperonis <laughs> on them in the shape of crosses. Well, you could make the poppy out of a pepperoni if you really wanted. That would be a, a pepperoni, mm. I, th- I, th- I think. Yeah. Their pepperoni pizza. That would be uh, disrespectful. <laughs> and I'm even sorry I brought it up. <laughs> even though it tickles me. <laughs> Listen, saying this nonsense is one of the freedoms. That's right. That, then uh, take it away They from did us, not want to fight for. <laughs> they got a big list at the beginning of the war and just went, okay, we just want to see what freedoms you want to fight for. <laughs> uh, for people on the internet to say some shit whenever they want. What's that? Nah, don't worry about it. <laughs> Just check worry. yes. People uh, uh, making pizza jokes about your service? What? <laughs> Just check yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting less and less interested in this war. <laughs> I thought we were fighting the Nazis. Yeah, well, you know. Anyway, it's about pizza. Wait, isn't that from Italy? Aren't we fighting them too? Yeah. Look, long story short, bygones be bygones. We, lo- we love the food. <laughs> do you like german food eh. oh, we like a sausage yeah veal. let's not go crazy we like a little sauerkraut and a hot dog sure. but you know anyway <laughs> the less you know the better good luck and thank you for your service that is true that is true i well, i mentioned before that lisa's great uncle served in world war one right uh maybe okay follow up on that <laughs> well that's all i was gonna say no uh yes he served in world world war one but what's interesting we didn't even know this until like sometime this year, recently, Lisa's dad just pulled it out of nothing, out of his sock drawer, I guess, and gave Lisa her her great uncle. Like her great uncle actually had a was basically her grandfather. Okay. Because her grandfather had, well, I think her, her kind of second grandfather, I guess, because there was no grandfather on her mom's side who lived here, obviously. So you know they're kind of reduced in terms of family. So so her, her uncle Earl was like a big part of their family. He basically helped them buy the farm originally under with the understanding that he'd be able to like board his horses there mm-hmm. you know that'd be part of the deal and he gave him a bit of financial aid to to 
you know, the horses the were technically the landlords. <laughs> horses, the horses around the place. They would never fix the plumbing. Oh man, they were the they worst. Never have to take out the gutters yeah. of the leaves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, terrible landlords. They're terrible landlords. They're really bad at the uh, strata meetings as well. Yeah. So everything was turned down. Was can I have a Can I have a cat? Me. Yeah, there you go. Boom. <laughs> I was trying to set you up, but you got there first. <laughs> the horse got a quick start and was out of the gate too soon. <laughs> too That's soon. fine. Too soon. I jumped the gun as usual. Um, One thing you can say about those landlords: stable. Which is unlike almost any landlord I've had. <laughs> That's right. Uh, four-legged? Would that describe other landlords you've had? A uh, couple. No. A couple of them. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. No, the one I've got now is nice. But uh, others in the past? No. That's okay. <laughs> but please continue. So. Uh, yeah. So her dad found, um, or had, but didn't tell Lisa for her whole life, he had a diary that her her, un- great, her uncle had you know kept while he was while he was serving in world war one oh so it's just full of nothing <laughs> it's right. kind of interesting oh i think yeah she she posted that she on, posted on yeah Facebook, a little bit yeah. about it on because it's very mundane it's really interesting like you're thinking wow you are in like the craziest thing you could think of you know like this you've left you're been t- torn away from your own country yeah you're basically a teenager yeah you're in you know a different part of the world people are trying to kill you it's just like a mess. Everything's a mess because, you know, it's just, it's a giant shit show and no one knows what's going on and it's just, everything's terrible. And then here you are writing in your diary and it's just the things like, wrote to so-and-so. That's, a, that's an entry, a sample entry. Or wrote mom uh, to get more money. That's a common one because he was running through his allowance quite quickly. So he'd write to his mom Aww. to send a little more, send a little more money, mom, so I can get some more stuff from the canteen. And then, um, and it's very little about, um, very little about the fighting and stuff like that. There is, there is a entry though. I guess he was in the Battle of Amiens, Amiens, which was like one of the final big battles of the war. Right. Because he does mention that the like the date and the barrage starting at four in the morning, and he also got he got uh, hit in the leg. He got wounded in the leg during the fighting as well. Okay. So, but that's also very just for like you know took shrapnel in my leg. Basically the. Description of it. So when she knew him, did he have like a limp or? I don't know. I should have. I. I don't think so. I think he was pretty. uh, He was okay. Um, Yeah. But one thing she mentions in there is that every year he went down to Victory Square. Okay. For the Remembrance Day ceremonies, but their family never went with him. But she says, "I regret now that we never went." And it seems odd, like you know, it wouldn't have been on her because she was just a kid. Yeah, yeah, that is odd. You know. I think he passed away when she was a teenager because he left her $4,500 in his will, which he uh, promptly turned into a car. And who can blame her? But, um, yeah. Yeah, it seems odd. Like, why you wouldn't go... I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. I mean, with the journal entries, I I wonder if you're limited with what you can write. Like, you can't write anything too secret and you probably don't want to write anything too personal because it I, probably will get screened on the way out like like mail would be censored that people would but this, this was a mail this is what kept on his person throughout the war okay well you know like letters would be different than than a journal okay fair enough but even so like the journal would probably get there's a chance it could get looked at as well or mm. you know your fr- friends friends <laughs> you know uh, people you're with 
a fellow soldiers might just look through it and look, hey, look what he says, the thing, <laughs> uh, get him. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I would, I would say you're limited as a soldier in what you can write about and what you can talk about, even, even in your own journal. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, it's possible. You couldn't be laying out like military secrets in your journal by any means. No, but you wouldn't really know any real military secrets. Well, you'd be knowing like, you know, we're moving at tomorrow, we're moving to this, and we're moving mm, to that, and we mm-hmm. move to this, and the plan was sure. this. Yeah. You got to be uh, mum. Loose lips. <laughs> you know, uh, get herpes. That's what they used to say. That's what they used to say. So uh, careful, careful kissing. <laughs> you're going to get the bug. Yes. Loose lips eat chips. <laughs> it's a famous saying. That was Pringle's original motto. That's right. <laughs> and people were like, I don't think that's very appealing. <laughs> How about once you pop, you can't stop? Well, that's terrible too, but let's just go with that because it's the lesser of two evils. That's right. Because the other one, why are, lo- why are lips loose? That's weird. It's like, just kind of like loose or what? Yeah. And once you pop, you can't stop. It sounds, I don't want that. How about it's an enjoyable chip? Quite nice flavor. How about that? No. You're damned forever to eat these chips once you take one bite, yar. They are like the red shoes or whatever. You put them on, you dance forever to the Pringles man's beat. Yeah. I don't, I did, in our family, I don't, there's no one who served that I know of, like served in the My military. dad was in the Air Force, but no, not, not during wartime. Mm-hmm. And also he was. Yeah, very, I mean, my dad served too, but he was yeah. obviously during peacetime. Yeah. And he was very mum about uh, all, all that kind of stuff. You know, he, he didn't really like talking about any of that kind of stuff. But that was the thing with my dad was, you know, he had some problems and uh, they were problems not to be discussed, except <laughs> later on a podcast by his son. In the years. <laughs> 20 years after his passing um yeah he was always like very mum about things and like the big family secret was that you know he had a breakdown at one point and uh you know that was always like so dumb later to to find out that that was like such a secret it would have helped a lot of stuff yeah to know you know what he was going through and Mm -hmm. what happened and, and that kind of thing but i guess it was you know uh it's weakness and men don't show weakness so keep it to yourself and nothing bad will happen with that and uh yeah that all worked out swell it's a wrong it's the wrong attitude it's a, well yeah the whole idea of weakness like the idea of like you know oh you missed work because you had a cold weak weakling like why you, you didn't infect everybody you and you bring down feeling, the whole office <laughs> you weren't feeling well you yeah you shouldn't have to like work because you, if you don't feel well like it's just weird it's a yeah it's a weird um way of looking at the world that's for sure like there's a person at work who's always boasting about his iron man streak you know, what, as in like coming to work all he's, the time. Yeah, or? he's been uh, been uh, coming to work. I never missed a day because of illness. You know, oh, you know, Iron Man missed a couple of days because of illness. <laughs> he had heart problems and was very open about that. This is that's not, very un Iron Man like. In fact, he, he needed a lot of protection and was very open about how much protection he constantly sure, needed. Sure. Otherwise, he would die without you know his yeah, protection. Yeah. So that's not. Eh, I don't know if Iron Man's the right description. That's more. Thor sure. situation is a not, dumb not, guy who just like they're not referencing Iron Man and oh, okay. when they talk about Iron, like Iron Man streaks and sports and stuff like that is not a reference to Iron Man. That's a you're pre, pre I've only heard it as pre an Iron, nerd culture. I've only heard it as an Iron Man triathlon, like mm. you do the three or three. Well, things. no, it's I mean, the like, running, the biking, and the swimming. Yeah, no, in sports they have a thing like called they usually call like the Iron Man streak, like players who play for a long time without injury. You know, like I don't know who the current one would be, like or the top one would be, but. I think Dale Jarvis, maybe. I don't know why I know that. It's weird. But anyway, I think Dale Jarvis All right. he hasn't played for a while, but he's still like, or maybe he's still playing. I don't know. I just remember Steve Larmer, this guy who played for the Blackhawks. Weirdly, I don't know why I remember him, but I remember him at like being referenced as having like the Iron Man streak for hockey. And I was like, wow, 
I don't know where he'd fall now because you know, like it, you know, times times pass. But I think he played like eight hundred and sixty something games where he had never been injured, you know, until finally. But it's pretty good, you know, when you're playing in a sport with a frozen puck flying around. It's pretty yeah. good. And people are trying to knock knock your teeth out. That's pretty good, you know. It's pretty it's pretty rare that people are uh, are or players play without injury for a long time. Our um our friend and listener uh, Craig. Uh, veterinarian. Yes, uh, I believe he does the triathlons sure. on on the regular. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know if that, that would count as Ironman. Uh, yeah, I don't not. really know. I don't. I don't know what makes the difference. Now here's a, here's a big question I got. By the way, congratulations to that, Craig. That is admirable. Um, good on you. And also take care of cats. Good for you for that. All the way around. <laughs> Nettie too. Both of you. You're, you're swell. Uh, yes. Was Iron the, veterinarians. Yeah, was the phrase Iron Man around before the character Iron Man, and that's why I think that's, they lifted the yeah. I think that's, Iron Man. I think that's like, the, what if he's a guy wearing iron? Love it. I don't know. The, I don't know if there were triathlons. I guess there would have been triathlons, and was it an Olympic sport at that time? But but I think the idea of Iron Man, like as a tough tough description, did exist before. Did it hop in uh, Olympics straight from this show? Is just questions. Uh, did it hop in the Olympics from <laughs> no like answers. triathlon? Mm-hmm. And it was like, we want to make this more exciting. Decathlon. Mm-hmm. And they went like, they just went, skip it all. Don't go quatrathlon, sextathlon, septathlon. We want to go like decathlon. Uh, here we go. Uh, and then, and then they had to like jam in all these extra, like seven, find seven more sports. Oh, geez. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Discus? I don't know. Pole vaulting? I don't know. That's crazy. Let's, yeah, all this other bullshit. Sure. Let's do that. Was, is that how it went? Do you think? Like, just I went, don't did, think did the jump because I haven't heard of like. I think it was more considered than that. I think like with the decathlon, right? That's a 10, 10, 10 game one. Mm-hmm. I think the idea of that is that it it groups together a bunch of sports that would have been played by Greek athletes in the past. So it's a bunch of stuff that are our are our idea of what would people would have been competing in at the time. Okay. And so you you group together like discus throwing and javelin and I don't know what I don't know what makes up the uh, decathlon to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, okay. Here's here's what I got so far. Okay. Um, hundred meter dash, running long, broad jump, shot put, high jump, four hundred meter run, then uh, one hundred and ten meter hurdles, discus throw, pole vault, javelin throw, and fifteen hundred meter run. Wow. So if you're a good runner, you're gonna you're going to do well in that. Yeah, you're gonna get on the Wheaties box. <laughs> you know what he, he because you're you know as long as you can like outpace the other players like if someone might like i can't imagine someone who's really good at shot put is going to be a great runner because i feel like that's two different physical t- types right but you know? the person who's good at shot put would be good at javelin throw probably or discus throw you got you got three throwing things mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. to to you know but it does is it going to offset because you're still like you're still going to get points for competing, no matter where you like, say you're really good at running and you do really well in all the all the dashes, right? And then you do okay in your shot put, your discus, your javelin. So you're still getting points. So those points are going on top of your running scores. And then hurdles, right? That's another running one. Right. Long jump, that's a running one. Yeah. Uh, high jump. Yeah, you got high jump. That's day one. That's you know. Day one is is the hundred meter. Running long uh, jump, shot put, high jump, four hundred meter run. That's day one. Hmm. And like it feels like if you're good at the hundred meter dash, you're not necessarily good at the five hundred meter run. Those are very different things. They are different, but I, but like it's kind of like if you, I mean, I, I know like with the tri- with to triathlon, like if you were really good at one part of it, then you could you had a pretty good chance at, at 
succeeding because you, you know, you kind of won that and then you're not going to, unless you stink at all the rest, you're going to do okay. You know? Yeah. I just, it just feels kind of loaded towards running to me. Pole vault is the wild card in there for me. That seems to be a very unique skill, mm-hmm. you know, to be mm-hmm. able to, to be able to do. Yeah, it's hard to imagine. I know there's um, the Buster Keaton film College. And in that movie, of course, he's an ineffectual character who can't do anything until the very end when he needs to do all this stuff. Yeah. Then he does them all. And Buster Keaton, had he learned to pole vault for the film, which seems like, wha- what? Yeah. So, yeah, it's crazy. But the insistence on, on uh, the Tom Cruise-like insistence, because Tom Cruise went back in time and he advised Buster Keaton, <laughs> listen, it's not enough. The people think you did it. They have to look and know that you did it. Yeah, it was weird that Buster Keaton was a Scientologist. And it was like, this is way before yeah. it existed. To be but fair, it, he couldn't read. So that helps. It makes it seem like... That helps. Yeah. Uh, your personality test, uh, morose. <laughs> you know what you need? Scientology. <laughs> you don't seem and very And then clear. a card comes up that goes, sounds good. <laughs> yeah. No, that's amazing the... Um, the ability to do that because I can't even imagine. I can't imagine like the physical to join Scientology. Join Scientology? No, that doesn't seem so great. No, I was thinking of you pole do have vaulting. to bend over backwards for both, kind of. Mm-hmm. But one's physical and the other one's just a mental gymnastics. Ah, <laughs> that's wit. Well done, Witty. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, the the, the, the going up back, like just when I remember in in school. Yeah, we're talking about school. But that's where, you know, the high jump first entered, you know, well, a high jump. Like, again, you're a kid. You jump over things. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. Jump over a fence. You jump Mm -hmm. over stuff. No big deal. Uh, But then it was like, oh, you're going to jump over this thing. But you got to jump over it backwards. You got to run, turn, Mm. boing up, then arch your back. Yeah. How how you don't land on your head, I don't know. Because <laughs> you're going head first over this thing. It yeah. seems like, well, this is just neck snapping time. There's yeah. just it's just a terrible way to jump. That but, jump that style has a name, you know. What is it? The Fosbury flop. Oh, okay. Named after the guy who uh, initiated doing it sometime in the I think in the sixties. It does make me want a Fosbury float though. That sounds like that'd be a good drink. <laughs> Fosbury with the Fosberries. Full of Fosberries. Mm, yummy. Mm, nice and fizzy. A little bit of ice cream. <laughs> yeah. No, the uh, raisins in it. Wait, are they frozen? Okay. I guess after that point, people just like ran and they just jumped, jumped yeah. up over it. But he came and he, yeah, he did that sideways thing to get yourself, you know, because you leap off your feet and and let that help you sail over the. Well, what bothered me again when I was being told to do it that way, yeah, was like you know I could jump over this bar if you let me jump over it forwards. I know I can do yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, no, you got to do it the other way. Well, and then I didn't do it well. I was like, no, you got a D or whatever. You get the bad grade. <laughs> and I'm just like, this is dumb. Like, there's nothing that, that would stop you yeah. in the Olympics uh, from jumping over it this way, I think. Yeah. You could jump over it however you want. But it's just the tradition. And it's like, and you haven't showed me the basics of this and yeah. how you get into this to start. But you've started me like way too high. Yeah. Of like, okay, do the thing. Or like, <laughs> if you've ever, you know, like pole vault. What? <laughs> You just do all these things. You just saw, well, I don't, how could you? <laughs> how could anyone do it? Yeah. Yeah. You have to start small and then you work up. Yeah. It's uh, I don't, is this different example there again of different grades? Like, I don't remember the high jump being part of the final exam for Jim. So okay. I didn't get marked on it. Thank God. Thank goodness. I sometimes got suckered into some gym class that I didn't want that involved a bunch of things. Mm. Yeah. The pummel horse as well was just, I don't get it. <laughs> No, no one gets I, it. I jump over it. Like how? And then you saw people jump over it, and they jumped over it like by putting their hands in the middle yeah. and spreading their legs. Yeah. I'm like, well, I can't do that. 
What are you talking about? That's bananas. Have we done any stretches to get us to that? No, you just can do it, right? No. How can... Okay, now climb this rope to the ceiling. What the fuck are you talking about? This is all insane. <laughs> yes. Monsters. They're I didn't... Monsters. I did okay at some of those things. I, I, I don't... I don't. Could you climb a rope? Yeah, I could climb a rope. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was pretty... Fairly athletic as a kid, so... Not not super strong, but fairly athletic. The rope just felt like out of nowhere. Like, like what it should have been was exercises based on playground things that we've got. Like <laughs> monkey bars going across because we have monkey yeah, bars, right? Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. so we're doing that. And yeah, the idea of like doing a chin up, well, that makes sense. We've got bars. We can hang from bars. Understood. Mm-hmm. 100%. Uh, going down a pole. Yeah, there's poles at the, at the playground. I yeah. understand that. I can do that. Um, but like, let's climb a rope. There's never been a rope at the playground. There's never been anything like this. You just you just made this up. Like this is a completely new thing. How? No. Yeah. yeah. No, sir. Wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't remember all that stuff. It I, looked I insanely it dangerous mind. and it felt like you were on a, a mat that was yeah. like four inches thick, if that. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so I go up to basically the ceiling as you're telling me to do. And then I somehow lose control up here, yeah. or like you know, my my hand slips. I'm falling a long distance to the ground. That's very hard. What's what? How are you? There's a to... there's a mat under the rope though. Yeah, like about four inches thick. Like you, you not know, even that, but there was a mat. Under... <laughs> that's fine. Do you think that's going to break your fall to any capacity that'll you know stop a probably broken not. limb? Uh, probably stop a broken limb, but not being winded. Okay, I'm not saying it'd be fun to fall. I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, my, my feeling about school, I'm not pro school, but uh, my feeling about school is, uh, yeah. at the very least, it shouldn't be able to physically harm you. Mm. The things they ask you to do shouldn't shouldn't require you to be in physical danger, which was a problem I used to have with like a stagecraft class, which was like, okay, go up this rickety ladder and, and fix this light bulb up there. Oh, well, I could die. Hmm? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well, not. I don't give a fuck about this class. No, no. Give me, give me the D, and I'll stay on the ground. You know, this is dumb. You shouldn't be able to, like, you know, get kids to risk their lives. You know, f- 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 for this b- bullshit. No, no, sir. I uh, disagree. No. But who's going to change the light? A janitor. <laughs> or get a cherry picker. Get gonna something. Throw you know, the janitor under the bus. Well. Get someone, get someone who's, oh, here's the thing. In a theater, yeah. who changes the light? Who does? I don't the know. professional. Who changes the light? Who knows how to change those lights? <laughs> yeah. Hire that person to come in and change those lights. <laughs> but, uh, but it was like, no, no, going up there into the this and that. Yeah. Like I look back now on, uh, on stagecraft class and the amount of things I had to do. And there was, there was even like a thing where I, I was scared of heights. So I had a couple of friends go, oh, we'll get you not scared of heights. So it was like a lot of going up to ledges and looking over and like, okay, you feel okay? You feel okay? Okay, no, back up. No, go forward. Oh, you feel okay? And I look at that now and just go, that was bananas! It was so dangerous. It was so incredibly dangerous and so not worth it. You know? <laughs> like, what's the benefit? Yeah. Like, well, I've gotten over my fear of heights. So now I can go up more heights. Well, I don't want to go up more heights. There's no plus to this. Thank it's, you, fear. It is sort of weird. Like, I, it, the, um, not at the current place they play but the, where the Vancouver Canucks used to play at Pacific Coliseum yeah very close to here you had to walk across this catwalk the across the ice surface to get to the broadcasting booth okay so the broadcasters had to like walk this long catwalk long narrow catwalk 
And you're like, that's how you planned it? Like, <laughs> can you just put some stairs in from the other side? Like, this is so weird. <laughs> nope, that's all we had. We only had that one route. How did the organ player get there? Oh, yeah, I had to go. He had to go along a rope ladder hanging from the from the sky and just go hand over hand to get to the organ. Oh, okay, well, jeez. Yeah, so you don't have any... We uh, went through a lot of organ players. So, well, yeah, you don't have any elderly, you know, sportscasters. That, no, and, and God forbid a sportscaster in a wheelchair. Forget them. <laughs> yeah, no, there's... Just put them on the ice floor to die. Yeah, yeah. Forget that. Yeah. Yeah. Those were, those were the shut-ins that got uh, mentioned during the... During the game. I used to wonder about that when I was watching like Hollywood Squares. When you saw someone old who was on the top. Thing, mm. I was like, oh, they didn't want to have to go up there. <laughs> Are they comfortable up there? Yeah. I don't know. You got Big Bird up there. They got shamed. Into Big it. Bird had to go up the stairs? Like, he's wearing the big suit. Did he put the suit on up there? Or did they make him walk up there not to break the illusion? Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Ugh, it's so high. Uh, I don't like it. Duh. Maybe they weren't high up. Maybe it was just an optical effect. Do you think it was uh, three three things in a row and it wasn't... Uh, really they're all on the ground and they just oh. were, like put it put there in, in camera. I'm going to say no because there was a lot of looking up and, and, and handing <laughs> things to each other. A lot of shenanigans. I Okay. I like that show because it was all about joking around. Yeah, yeah, no, it was good for that. But I I just wasn't, I don't know. I think, I think that kind of show doesn't work anymore because uh, money's too tight now. And it felt like, you know, back in, say, the 60s or whatever, it was like, you know, people are doing all right. And you see the you see the contestants, and it doesn't look like anyone's destitute. It's <laughs> like they're getting a little more money yeah. that would be fun for them. Yeah. That would be yeah. nice. But they're, they're going to go home with the board game, and they're going to go to their house, and they're going to be fine. But, like, now you see someone on a game show and just like, they need the money. Like, they need it. Yeah. Don't, don't goof around. Just give them the money. Everyone should get a little money. Is everyone okay? Don't tell me about them. Oh, I feel bad now. Now I know about them. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of the reasons I have a hard time watching. Um, uh, what's it? Uh, Chopped. Mm. It's because they always have a, a sad story or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or just like I want to show my kids that you know, uh, you know, you, even though you know, Dad had a hard time. Dad's got his act together, and now Dad can be a chef. You're the first one chopped. Well, <laughs> had a good time. And, and, uh, well, <laughs> back to the heroin. <laughs> How many things can you do with heroin? Well, I got heroin. I got some raisins. I got some rum. What I can make is some ice cream. Sweet. Make some raisin and rum, throw it away, and just take the heroin. <laughs> and then you're like, I could go for some ice cream. <laughs> Wish I kept that. Wish I kept that here. Oh, well. Uh, yes. After my uh, six-month battle with decapitation... I got my act together, got my head sewn back on, and I'm ready to show the world that uh, people who have had their heads chopped off by uh, the French, um, French, because they were the elite, uh, can uh, come back to life and they can uh, make uh, food. You're chopped. Oh, I wish you wouldn't say chopped. That's, that's bad Seems taste. a little unfair. Be, actually, it would be good if during the competition his head kind of started coming off <laughs> and he had to write, wrap the saran wrap around his neck, you know, like the typical cutting yourself treatment. Yeah, the, the, but then you got to have like the blue saran wrap because, you know, it's a kitchen thing, so it's always got to be mm-hmm. blue things. Yeah. 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 Oh, he's bleeding. Oh, he's wrapping saran wrap around. Does that really work? Does Seem to help. Then you put the blue glove on, and then you see the gloves uh, like swelling up with blood inside. Like Jesus, it's not again. It's not worth it, guys. I gotta prove to my kids that I can do this. Right, your kids don't care. They're on their phones. Huh? What? Yeah, we're really doubting our mom's worth. 
<laughs> hey mom, go on a reality show. Prove, prove to us that you can, you got your act together. I knew what to do with bacon and 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 styrofoam peanuts. You did. You sure did. You, you sure, sure showed them all. But the kids think, oh, they're on TikTok. They were watching TikTok while you did that. Sorry, yeah. and didn't see didn't see your. Which is where you actually would find a recipe for bacon and, and, yes, and styrofoam true. peanuts with a computer voice telling you. Is that how it goes? Yeah. If you want bacon and. That kind of weird voice that uh, you know is not real. Okay. You ever hear that voice? You've no, heard? no, oh. I don't watch a lot of TikTok. My mm. my wife watches a lot of TikTok. <laughs> I don't watch it. So either, the, the amount I of get TikTok showing a lot of TikTok. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. To. I absorb TikTok because I'm I'm next to a person who's mm-hmm. looking at TikTok. Yeah, Eve used to like we would be watching television like grown ups, and she'd just be laying on the couch. Just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling through TikTok. Find, sometimes she'd find something that was worth getting up and going, Dad, look at this. Uh-huh. Oh, all right. Cool. Thanks. Sometimes it was good. Seems like a lot of work, though, to get <laughs> Like, is there not a, a filter that can, like, get the, all past all this bad stuff? Can just give you the, the cream of the crop? Yeah, it's called a kid. I guess. You just ask your kid to yeah. show you the good stuff. Well, I'd ask my wife. What a job. Yeah. They'd be fine with that. It's all right. Uh, I keep getting things on Facebook, which are like videos, they, and I don't like it. It's like it's a bunch of videos in a row. Mm. You know, they're there and like, oh, what are these? Are they funny? And it's always like some <laughs> revenge video or of like, you uh, know, he cheated on her and so she's boo 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 or, you know, it's just something else that's just like, this is all in bad spirit. I don't like any of this. <laughs> what what mm. did I do to make you think that I would like this? Yeah. What is it? How can I unlike this enough that this will go away, but it won't? Well, you're interacting with it. You must you must be interested in it. <laughs> I just get uh, I, I get uh, making things videos. Oh, that's nice. So I like those. Like I like there's a lady who um, does cosplay and she makes these really elaborate cosplay costumes. Like she has foam and she's like using a Dremel tool and like roughing it all oh, up nice. and and drilling things and gluing stuff together and making all these. Uh, elaborate costume she wears that's quite fun to watch i enjoy that then also also watch um, people do woodworking or whatever or metal work <laughs> it doesn't matter whatever comes up i'll just be like oh someone's making something what are they gonna make let's let's watch and see <gasps> what they're cutting they're cutting how can they cut the grinder like that oh my god so good oh speaking of that sorry you said you mentioned it and we didn't really get into it oh uh the bath yes so okay so you got the bath yeah, our bathtub finally came yeah i literally fi- I finally came because when I, the lady called from the the home home uh, depot not home depot but I was just gonna say the, the home like the home store that we got it from I don't want to say a name but Lowe's it was from Lowe's <laughs> anyway um when she pho- when she phoned she said oh I just wanted to let you know that your bathtub is finally here she said so she she also knew that we'd been waiting a while so so yeah it was you finally guys here be pretty stinky by now. <laughs> Right. Your wife must be pretty desperate. I don't yeah. really. I'm not really a bath person. We are putting this curbside. I'm. I oh like no, a, you can just deliver it. No, no, curbside. <laughs> you haven't had a bath in a long time. We are not. We had. Here. We had to go pick it up. Okay. So we went. We went to the store. We went inside. We presented our receipt and said it had arrived. And they're like, "Oh, okay." And then they said, "We'll just go around to the side and they'll bring it out to you." So I'm like, "Cool." So we went around to the side. We're sitting there for a while. I'm like, oh, it's sure taking a long time to get this thing. They said it would take a little while because they had to bring it yeah. down off a rack or whatever. And then uh, I finally like get out of the truck and look inside the door, and there's our bathtub like sitting on on a dolly, just kind of sitting there. I'm like, I thought they're gonna bring it out to us. Okay, well then I went in and I guess I had to sign for it first. So so I signed for it. They left that out in the description of things to do. I signed for it and they threw it in the truck. Perfect fit because it's uh, 60 inches long. Oh, good, good, okay. So it fits right in our back of our truck and. Yeah, and then it sat for a while in our carport, 
because we didn't have time to bring it into the house. And then we finally brought it into the house, and we had a giant bathtub sitting in our living room <laughs> for a couple of days. Did you use it in the living room just to be real decadent? <laughs> just opened it up, sat in it, and then finally yesterday, I uh, I put put it together. I didn't have to put it together because it's all one piece. But I put I put the um, the drains on it. You know the the drain, and then okay, the overflow yeah, drain. Connected. Yeah, yeah. Put all the pipes for that. Did you do you remember to like put a big hole in the side of the tub like I got in my tub? <laughs> Here, I made sure there's a big gouge yeah, big near gap. the top. This the is top. a trust game. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I just joined it with the rest of the plumbing in the bathroom. And so that's done now. Although I have to um, screw some holes in it and, and screw it to the wall. But other than that, it's done. And then, so next time, I have to start thinking about drywall and also the um stuff. The um stuff? That stuff. You know the stuff. Yeah. Toilet paper. You know what I mean. Toilet paper. <laughs> Toilet paper. No, the uh, putting on the um, waterproof membrane around the bathtub and then putting drywall in the uh, bathroom. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that. That's my next. That's, that's my good. next. Uh, next. Part. Oh, you want it waterproof? Okay. Next Fancy part. man. Actually, oh, I also bought a um, shower head, like the shower thingy, the you know, like the control part, and then you got the settings faucet. On it? Settings. Yeah, you know, like a, a lighter setting or a heavier setting, or is it just straight shower head? Well, I guess it does have like a, a little thing to yeah. choose different nice. things. But to be honest, that we have a shower downstairs. That's more commonly where I shower. So okay. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to shower in a bathtub. That seems weird. It's a lot of work. <laughs> I, when I go downstairs and just open it. Shower a, in the bathtub seems like a lot of work. Yeah, I can just open the door and walk into a shower and just have a shower and then walk out of the door. I don't have to like, you know, turn 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 on the tub and then turn on the other thing, get the water coming oh, out. And that then, does sound like an enormous amount of work. And then I have to like actually put in a... And we didn't have a we didn't have a like a shower curtain in that bathroom before. Oh, okay. Like I took it all out because we never used it because we never have ba- we never have showers there. So I was like, ugh, why do we have a stupid old shower curtain in here doing nothing? So I just got rid of it. But um, maybe I'll have to put it back in. I don't know. Yeah, well, or get another one. They're not expensive. Mm. No, I mean, yeah, I'll have to get another one because the shower curtain is long. Yeah, gone. okay, good, good. It's yeah, digging up the old shower curtain. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're better than that. I did not save the yeah, shower curtain. Do good. I'm glad. I'm glad you didn't. You so, shouldn't. Yeah. So it felt really good, though. Get like, some good soap in there, too. Get some nice soap. Even going to bed last night, I like turned on my flashlight on my phone to look at the bathtub in the bathroom. Ah, oh, there it is. <laughs> another stage. So next, I have to uh, cut up some plywood, some quarter inch plywood to create some furring strips. Yeah. So that the that the uh, studs are the same, uh, will kind of come out a little bit over the tab on the bathtub. So then the the uh, next stage will go over smoothly with everything. So <sighs> getting there though, good, it's a good feeling. No, that's fantastic. It's a good feeling to know you're alive. And that's been Top Talk. <laughs> Tile Tales. Tile Tales. Sorry. Well, now, at, now there's a tub. I mean, before at, you couldn't have been Top Talk because there was no tub to talk about. That's true. The tub of the talk of the town. The tile is coming up, though. I'm really looking forward to that part of it. That I'm pretty excited about. The tub, I was, I was kind of dreading the tub. I was a little worried about leaking, but I haven't been able to test it yet because we, I only did the see, put the seal in yesterday. So today, I'll, or not tomorrow, tomorrow I'll, I'll test it with some water. Listen for the unfamiliar sound of drip, drip, drip. Ugh. What's funny, though, is the, the, whole, sound. the whole reason this started was because Lisa insisted there was a dripping sound in the walls in the bathroom. She's like, I know that there's a drip, like a... And so I know there's a drip in this house, and you went, "Hey!" <laughs> she looked at me pointedly, <laughs> and um, she kept saying this. And I, you know, I, I even I heard it, but I was always like, "I'm sure it's just the pipes." And she was like, "No, no, it's like sound, sounds like water." And so she was right. Like I remember walking by the bathroom one day, 
after we, I'd taken all the wall, like all the drywall out, and it was just all bare inside. I was walking past and I heard the sound of water dripping. And I was like, Ooh. why is water dripping in there? So I turned on the lights and it was just this plastic pipe settling in the wall. Yeah. It had hot water in it. And so it was making this noise. It was not water dripping in oh, the okay, ba- good, bathroom good. or anything. It was just, so then I was like, ah, this is what she heard all those times. And it was just this thing. Hilarious. But there was actually, there was physical water dripping in the, from the bathtub. I don't know if it was from the bathtub. I have a feeling it might have been from the pipes because they were pretty old and kind of looking pretty rough when we finally st- stopped using them. So it might have might have been like a little leak in there. I don't know. I don't know. I can't even speculate anymore. So, well, time will tell. Time will prove me wrong or right or indifferent. Time will prove me indifferent. <laughs> so it's, it's good, though. Like the tub is like a major, that was a major hurdle. Yeah. Because it's just kind of like, well, we can't do anything until we have the tub. Like everything kind of is built over the tub. Now you can uh, make that uh, gin you like. Bath of gin. Yeah, so yes, my favorite. Gin. My f- Everyone knows how much I love gin. Yep. And my favorite brand is Bath of Gin. That's true. It uh, has a slight, slightly brown tint to it. I know. I like shower rum. <laughs> but you like the Bath of uh, I'm wearing the Bath of Gin. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah. You, so what you do is you use a, uh, you steep grain alcohol with juniper berries course and a big uh, tub yeah and uh there you go you got you some, some some gin couldn't be easier that's a nice uh, weekend product project <laughs> so bathtub gin is not gin oh well I it's don't just know grain what, alcohol it's grain alcohol with juniper berries isn't that what gin is i don't know i mean i know that i, mean, I know there's juniper berries are what, there. yeah. uh, make gin yeah uh but here's a here's one thing they want to mention yeah. to you if yeah. you're making bathtub gin um uh even even with botanical flavorings it's uh, uh, notoriously dry and has a foul taste. <laughs> so if you're looking for a gin that's really dry and foul tasting, I don't understand. But but dry does that mean like it's more, almost all alcohol and there's no? Oh, maybe that is the case. Because sure. I don't think dry means because it's not dry. Like you're not drinking powder and going, oh, sure, it tastes like juniper berries. Right, it just tastes dry. It just tastes. I think it just means that it's because it's in like uh like a dr- like when you have a dry martini. That means that there's not that much mixed mix in it. It's more vodka than than vermouth or whatever makes up a martini. Okay, no ba- right, here's the thing. Yeah. Uh, the reason a bathtub gin is so popular, it's one of the easiest things to make. Ah. Uh, All you need is some good alcohol, juniper berries. It doesn't, does it say good alcohol or just alcohol? Uh, they put good in quotes. Okay. <laughs> I, and then any spices or botanicals you want. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and moonshine is harder to make. Moonshine is harder to make because you have to have a just you have to distill it. You yeah, you got to distill it. You got to yeah. yeah, that's right. Uh, but uh, but it's but isn't the green alcohol the result of a moonshine still? Oh, this is an excellent. Uh, like for you to have like green alcohol, you would have to have distilled that alcohol into oh, green okay. alcohol. Okay, right? Maybe perhaps. So what what they're saying is it's easier because you're just leaving out a step, like you're just buying green alcohol, pouring yeah. pouring it into a bathtub. Yeah. Allowing it to take on the juniper berries, juniper berry botanicals, aromas of the whatever you put yeah. into it, and then, and then you get that good foul taste that everyone yeah. wants. <laughs> a dry foul taste. Dry foul taste. <laughs> you just scoop your your cup into it and take a take a sip, yeah. and you go, mmm, foul. <laughs> That's right. And then Granny <laughs> takes her bath. <laughs> there are too many bathtub gin recipes online. <laughs> Like what? I guess. I mean, I can see, like during Prohibition, yeah, that it had like it served a served a purpose to a degree. Sure. 
But it feels like, it just seems weird. Like, if you lived, like, when you hear, like, about people in Russia, like, making alcohol by, like, putting shoe polish under bread and then putting the bread on a heater so that it would melt the shoe polish and then the alcohol would drip out of the shoe polish okay. through the filter of the bread nice. into your, wherever you're storing it. Sounds good. No, it doesn't. It sounds terrible. Sounds great. But that's all you had. So, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, you wanted, you wanted some alcohol. This is the trouble you had to go to get it. There you go. But, you know, now that you don't have to do that anymore, now that you don't have to have bathtub gin, now that there's no longer the, no longer prohibition, then why are you still having bathtub gin? It doesn't make any sense. It just feels like you're just punishing yourself. Maybe you like the bad taste. I guess if you like foul alcohol, that's so Maybe you like, I don't want to drink that much. My alcohol has to taste terrible. <laughs> like, yeah, maybe. But I don't think that stops people from drinking. Mm. Like, if you want to drink, there's nothing that will stop you from drinking whatever you drink. Yeah. You know, whether it's just drinking like vanilla extract or what. Yeah, there's a moonshine uh, DIY project I'm looking at here. Okay. Uh, Is this in Popular Mechanics? uh, DIYprojects.com. Okay. It's right next to a fuss-free do-it-yourself chicken feeder tutorial. Oh, fuss-free. Fuss-free. Have you had too much fussing with your chickens? It's not that it's fuss, but the problem with our amount of chickens is that our food, uh, it goes moldy before they finish it all. If we use a feeder. Because there's only two of them, and they just don't eat it enough. Okay. Like we, we need more of a, we need a larger brood for us to uh, make. So basically, we just feed them, like hand feed them into like a little container. Because if we just put it into like a big giant, because we do have one that's like you pour from the top into it. And as they, you know, theoretically, as they eat the bottom, the top, you know, the top kind of keeps going in and filling the trough. Right. But because there's only two of them, they just don't eat enough to, to make it go fast enough that you don't end up with like a, a moldy mess. Before they're done. Well, so. Dave, all you need for this is a PVC pipe. PVC pipe. Uh, PVC pipe cap. How about an ABS pipe? Is that okay? Oh, for fuck's sake. I don't fucking know. <laughs> okay. Ask me to climb a rope. <laughs> go you climb, need a four-inch wide a PVC pipe cut to size. Okay, four-inch PVC pipe cut to size. With a four-inch wide uh, pipe cap. If you can get a comparable thing, I'm okay. sure you're fine. Pipe cap? You just, just one pipe cap or two pipe, pipe caps? Uh, it just says one pipe cap here. Okay. Uh, a scrap wood piece. Okay. Zip ties. Some zip ties, okay. A high corner litter pan. What? What is that? That'd be for like cat litter or whatever. You get like a, a litter box. That's why like is it high? Oh, it has a high, 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 high walls on it, high sides. Okay. You need screws, okay. washers, and uh-huh. hand drill. All right. And then that's you, it. You, well, yeah. Then Bob, you, your uncle. Yeah. Then you're drilling your holes in your pipe and stud. Then you're measuring your uh, mount point for the feeder dish. Then you're securing the scrap wood to your pipe. Then you're drilling your holes in your litter pan. Then you're mounting your litter pan to the pipe. Cover the other end of the pipe with a PVC cap. Well, sir, you got it yourself. Oh, it looks actually pretty good. <laughs> I sent you. I sent you this. Uh, this All right. link. Well, thank you. Yeah, Thanks. this is actually pretty good. All right. You know, I'm right after you it. make your still, the still you just make with a, an aluminum pot that you're drilling a hole in and have like a tube. You've seen. Mash. Do you have to have like the coiling tube out of it? You need to have the coiling tube. Yeah. What does the coiling tube do? Does it say in the in the? Well, it says that you need a twenty foot refrigerator coil. Need a five-gallon bucket and an aluminum uh, pot with aluminum lid. I wonder why it's aluminum. This is uh, it's interesting. You need a consistent heat source. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, no, I'm not really sure. It's a good. Uh, it's a good question. Once again, uh, this is a kind of a mash question. <laughs> I'll go back in time and ask BJ Honeycut. Well, you know they had a still in the swamp. They did have a still, and they were in always the getting sauced. And then luckily they weren't too drunk to do operations. Seems or it weird. didn't matter. Yeah, it seemed weird. Like, that was uh, dodgy. Like, seemed like, you know, well, how do you know when to be sauced and when yeah. not? You seem quite drunk right now. Mm. Does this ever... I think it was an act. 
Do you get drunken shifts, like, and then BJ knows and whatever? Well, you know, I was just watching an old uh, All Creatures Great and Small last night. Okay. It's, uh, they have the original one on BritBox. Okay. Which I watched a TV show in there called Time with Sean, Sean Bean um, as a, a man who, uh, like a teacher, who killed a person while drunk driving. And oh. So he ends up in prison for four years. Okay. And it's about his stay in prison. It's just, a, it's just three one-hour episodes that make up the show. Because it's a British show, so they just whatever, and uh, it was really good though, really good show. I highly yeah. recommend it. It's called, Is it a comedy Tom. drama? Comedy? It's a drama drama. It's a drama drama. It's written by it's written and produced by Jimmy McGovern, who uh, did Cracker. Okay. So if if people remember Cracker, this is by the same person who did that show, and not the American Cracker. I well, he did have something to do with the American Cracker. He did, oh, did he? he wrote about six episodes of that show. Oh, okay, but I don't think it was as successful. As, it was not. It was not as no. good as the, the British one. Even though, I, but I found the British one kind of kind of got on my nerves after a while. I just after a while you're kinda of like, who could put up with this idiot? Yeah, yeah. There's a thing like, look, you've had enough breaks. <laughs> like I know. No, all right. No, you don't like yourself very much, but oh my gosh. You're not growing at all as a primary. Yeah, fine. Yeah. Yeah, it felt, fine. But uh, the first first couple of seasons you're like, oh this is great. Yeah. Christopher Eccleston, fantastic, you know. Oh, was he in it? Yep. He played his uh, policeman that did not like him very much. Ah. And there was an episode with Robert Carlyle as a as a bad guy. Okay, it was very it was a very good episode. Was um, is Cracker on BritBox? Cracker is on BritBox. Yes. Okay. So I could watch Cracker, but I don't know if I will because. Eh. But anyway, All Creatures Great and Small is on there, and the one I was watching last night is an episode where where James James Harriet um, gets into the cups with a farmer who has <laughs> a who makes his own wines and wants to show James all of his wines, not just not just one wine, but you got to taste all of them. You got to taste <laughs> this one that's made with this, and this one's made with that, and this is a really good, you know, this is a great year, and blah blah blah. And so James is thoroughly in his cups by the time they finished testing a bunch of different wines, and then there's an emergency call. Uh oh! Someone runs over and says, "So and so's calf is is or so and so's cow is calving, and he's having trouble." So James has to like. Go over there. Yeah, get in his car, <laughs> drive drunk over there. He doesn't drive over. He walks over. I think I don't okay. remember him driving. Oh, I was fortunate that it was. Uh, yeah, it was close by. Emergency, but it was close by. It was a walk in emergency. It was close enough that the person ran over from like it's like a okay. neighboring farm or whatever. So James goes over there and uh, and not that people would have had that much trouble with people driving drunk in those days, like because no, it's one road. It was just one road. No one else is on it. But anyway, yeah. So he gets goes over there and he's. <laughs> He's very drunk. He's been given a flat cap by this farmer. As being, like that's like the you know no one can tell you're drunk if you're wearing this flat cap. I guess. And so <laughs> he goes over there and he's being you know he's walking in that very delicate way that one would walk again when yeah, you're he's, drunk. And, hey, he's wearing a sober hat. <laughs> that's right. This guy can't possibly be drunk. Yeah. And by then, the time you drink too much, it becomes a top hat. That's how people know. So he's having trouble speaking, and so he can whisper very clearly. And so he whispers that he needs like hot water and some soap. And stuff like that. And so then everyone assumes that this is, we better be quiet. So the, the guy who goes to get it is like tiptoeing away <laughs> to get this stuff, you know, and he's just sort of wobbling there trying to look very, you know, just, just normal me, you know, everything's of fine. Of course, if you're whispering to someone, they can really smell it on you. Yeah, you'd think so. get that. Yeah. yeah. Really get the wine breath. <laughs> and, then, and then he's trying to, um, he's soaping up. And he keeps losing the soap, <laughs> keeps squirting out of his hands off in one direction. Someone goes over and grabs, grabs it and gives it to him. And I think the third time everyone's gathered around him, like, 
it's like a football scrum <laughs> or a rugby scrum. They're all waiting for it to squirt in one direction or the other. And he's, you know, he's kind of wobbling and it, his cap falls into the water. And someone replaces Wait, he's it. Drunk. His, 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 his replaces it onto his head. And, uh, but he successfully gets the calf, gets the calf born and everything all works out. And, uh, the capper, of course, the Siegfried says, um, you know, is sort of, he comes in and he's worse for wear and explains that he'd been test, testing this farmer's wine and he goes oh so and so's wine oh my god he must have been a, you know blah blah and, and he says and then you went and you you calved at so and so's and he says yeah he goes he goes well can you tell you're drunk he's i don't think so you know and he goes well thank goodness because he's a strict something or other Teetotaler. it's you know and and would never you can never go back there again if you thought you were drunk you know so but yeah so this guy was good it's good it's quite funny i enjoy those i i know people there's people who like um the new one, but I pref- I love the book so much. I just like watch watching the books. Like them all, I say. Uh, like them all, if you want. The other one should just be called like Yorkshire Vet or something, since it's very <laughs> has very little to do with James Harriet or anything else. Okay, you know it does it does borrow a little bit, but not very much. And uh, yeah, it's a good show. Good show. I highly recommend. If you've never seen the real the real in quotation marks, oh. I put in quotation marks. Do they play up the uh, food aspect like they do in the books in the old one? Or is it not... Uh, the not food? Good? How do you mean? Well, when you were describing um, uh, James Harriet's books to me in the past, you said like he really gets into like breakfast and stuff. Like when he's eating something, like he's on a train and he gets a meal, they'll just like go for pages and pages describing the meal. Oh, I don't think... And so you end up like getting quite hungry reading his books. <laughs> I, no, I don't think that's a big part of it, but um, I don't remember that, even saying that about the books. There was a character... I think that was on a past episode of this show. Granville something or other, who's like this bon vivant who... Uh, a character in the books he's like a fellow vet who's one of those people who are like indomitable mm-hmm. and if you try to keep up with him you will slowly die you know but he will live on past long past you you're uh you're you're eating yourself to death mm-hmm. what's what's interesting about this that you don't get in the new one is how how often he humiliates himself in front of helen before they finally like start to truly become boyfriend girlfriend there's two like there's a couple of occasions where she f- sees him like worse for wear in terms of uh, a bit too much drink to drink. So yeah, this is kind of interesting. Like it's, a, it's quite a bit different than uh, the newer TV show where I guess they can't really talk about that sort of stuff. Like, what a man drink? No man would drink. I was looking drink up to excess. I was looking up. Am I remembering this wrong? Um, but uh, they have uh, on here, like they've got different uh, all creatures, great and small recipes. Okay. As in like from the books. Sure. The sure. Show. So there's one here, the All Creatures Great and Small Smoked Salmon Cream Cheese Tea Sandwich Recipe. Okay. That sounds very Sounds like something you'd get at Tricky Woo's house. Mmm. Yep, that sounds about right. Pumphrey, Madam Pumphrey or whatever. Yeah. No, that's nice. And and what that, uh, again, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you what goes into one of those. Okay. You got a nice long French baguette. Love you're it. You're going to need some smoked salmon. What's your feelings on smoked salmon? Uh, Dodgy on that? I understand. I had a lot as a kid, so I feel like I've eaten my share of it my my grandma had a smoker and she said do you smoke okay. her own salmon but it's fine it's it's Understood. good i mean I don't know it's not for like you it. it's not for you but for anyone else out there yeah a mm-hmm. uh, long french baguette eight ounces smoked salmon mm-hmm. you're gonna want seven ounces of cream cheese you're gonna go nice. uh two tablespoons sour cream seven ounces of cream cheese seven ounces of cream cheese is that like a brick and a half or uh-huh. two bricks or no that's no 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 uh, i don't know what i no. I don't no, know what a no. I don't know what I no. Uh, I'm trying to find something that's got ounces here. <laughs> I remember like a ten ounce uh, Pepsi was like a small bottle of Pepsi. So yeah, um, seven ounces isn't uh, maybe mm, okay. a stick of butter. Maybe I don't know. Okay, maybe. Uh, and then uh, two. Maybe tables. I think it's a, I think it's a block. It's a block of uh, cream cheese. Then. Okay, well, maybe. 
And then uh, two tablespoons fresh dill, freshly chopped. And uh, combine it all, you know, all the things you think you would combine and uh, top it with the salmon, garnish with a little fresh parsley mm-hmm. and then uh, wrap it up uh, tight yeah. so that the, 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 it doesn't get soggy and uh, enjoy right away or refrigerate. Mm. Nice. Mm. I go for I go for a bunch of that. I know we're not having that after this. Probably going to <laughs> burgers, but that sounds tasty. That does sound good. I, I would I would forego my usual uh, or my late, later in life tiredness of smoked salmon for yeah you know what you get you get one bad smoked salmon i don't think i ever had bad smoked salmon i think i just i had it so much as a kid i think after a while i was just kind of like yeah i get it yeah then we got uh what a got, treat we got the uh, yorkshire pudding recipe as oh well. yeah yeah we gotta, gotta have that it elevates the beef apparently according to i think that's made up that it elevates the beef yeah you don't think it makes the beef taste better to have yorkshire pudding i mean if you love beef and instead of getting beef, you get Yorkshire pudding. Well, that would make it taste better, I guess. But I, right. the, I, what Yorkshire pudding was for was as a filler. It was because there wasn't that much beef available because families were poor. So you can only afford so much meat. Yeah. And so you made something that would fill up the rest of the meal. My uh, my grandparents used to make it all the time. And we loved it with butter. And uh, they went, no, you got to have it with great. And it bothered them so much that we ate it wrong. <laughs> we just loved it with butter so much. I never had it with butter. That's, oh, my god. It almost sounds like you're making... Um, a uh, croissant mm. when you're doing that like croissant is like a buttered yeah almost similar oh, similar freaking delicious because we weren't real big gravy fans when i was a kid okay i know. was a gravy fan particularly if you could play with the gravy then here's, i was really into it here's what i've learned uh today about yorkshire pudding because i was just watching a recipe all right uh, and how they make it in the restaurants the restaurant game so they don't they don't boil it in oil no they do oh, they okay. do put it in a uh, vegetable oil that's okay. right yeah okay uh, at uh, whatever the highest heat is, and then they reduce the heat a little bit and mm-hmm. watch it rise. But here's here's the basic recipe for uh, Yorkshire pudding. It's just got to be uh, the same amount of all three ingredients. Oh, really? Which is, yeah, it's same amount of eggs by volume okay. and flour and whole milk. Wow. And then combine those mm-hmm. and uh, you, you, a little salt. Yeah. You know, you can, you know. Add some whatever you want. Yeah, yeah whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you pour that into the hot oil uh, that's mm-hmm. in the oven and put it back in. Da, 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 da. But, yeah, it's always... Uh, the description was it could be a thimble, it could be a cup, it could be a bucket. As long as the three <laughs> are the same, you're fine. You're going to get good Yorkshire pudding. Yeah. So wow. that's just an easy way of remembering that. That is good. I, I do like that. I don't know what the equivalent of two eggs to butter would be. Well, you just look at look at it in the uh, in like a measuring cup. Just put the eggs in oh, there. Oh, I see. And go like, oh, that's a cup. Or that's three quarters of a cup. Okay, yeah. then three quarters of a cup of water, three quarters sure, of a cup sure. of uh, flour. Cool. Or, well, not water, uh, milk. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, whole milk, yeah. Whole milk, yeah. yeah. Has to be whole milk. That's what they said, but, uh, you know, maybe regular mm. milk would work. 2%? Whole milk. I don't know. I'm calling regular milk. I guess whole milk is regular milk. Hmm. 2%, 1% skim. I don't know what the fat ratio yeah. brings to the party. If when that you, means you have to add more fat by... When uh, you say whole milk, you know what it makes me think? Nope. No homo. Oh, no. Yeah. Well. Because we used to call it homogenized, so it just seems weird that we have to... We've changed the name. Whole milk sounds better, though, doesn't it? I guess so. Hey, you want that whole milk? Yeah, give me that whole milk. I guess, give me all the milk, buddy. I guess that's it. But it's not really whole milk because even homogenized milk is is is, is a distillation. Or it's like it's it's somewhat diluted. Fair enough. Fair enough. I guess I guess it must date from a time when like things that sounded scientific sounded better for us. Mm. Like we don't live in that time anymore. Now we want things to sound like they're natural. That's right. Because yeah. that's healthy for us. Not scientific doesn't. You know, like the idea of something being sanitized or safe. We don't want that anymore. We want something to be rough and 
Yeah. Do you want that pasteurized? No. <laughs> oh my god. Why would I want that? Oh, because it kills diseases and makes it safer for you. Oh. Mm, I guess. Maybe. Nah. I'm fine. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. Give me that milk disease. <laughs> you want? Give me want... that raw milk. I've said it before. I can never. I can't even raw. imagine. Ever since I heard about that guy getting tuberculosis of the testicles from drinking uh, raw milk, it's. Uh, I just think, why risk it? Why risk it? Deliciousness. I only have one testicle left. I can't afford that kind of nonsense. Sure, that's fine. I've had I've had raw milk cheese. I don't think I've ever had raw milk milk. Mm. Have you ever had milk like basically the cow just gives the milk and then you have milk? I like have right had in? I have had milk like that. Okay, I have. But I think that's different than. Did me- you look the cow right in the eye while you were drinking it? I you did. made it weird. <laughs> I did. <laughs> And I made sure I had a big mustache when I finished as I lowered the glass away from my face and stared at this cow. This went straight from your teat. That's the food chain, buddy. <laughs> and I'm at the top. The Yeah, I think that, I mean, that's fine because you're getting it straight from the cow. It's the, you know, it's when it's sitting around for a yeah. couple hours, you know, and it's sitting out warm and no one's doing anything with it. Yeah. Like if you go to like a dairy... If you go to an actual like dairy farm, they have like these a big giant mixer. That's like where the mi- the milk sits while they're waiting yeah. for collection, and it it chills it. It also stirs it, so it can it's always moving. It can't settle, and then it gets put into the truck, and the truck takes it away. I guess the truck stirs it while it's driving, <laughs> just by through motion. It's motion stirred. That's right. It just got it's just gonna go on a bumpy road, and like oh, we got a milkshake. Mm, not too bad. We need butter. I hate I hate trucks in the morning on the freeway because they're always slow and making everything get all backed up because they're big and slow. But I never get mad at the milk trucks. I'm always like, you're just doing your job. <laughs> you're getting that milk to me. I'm fine with that, buddy. I don't know what the rest of these jerks are doing. Getting other stuff to you, probably. Yeah, I don't, yeah they are, but I don't know what it is. It's always hidden. But you can tell what a milk truck is. You're like, oh, it's fine. Yeah. Keep, keep on the road. And you also feel like milk trucks, they own the road in the morning. Milk they should. In the, milk in the morning. Listen. Yeah. I'm just, I. you should be here more than me. Milk, <laughs> right. milk is a morning yeah, situation. Yeah. I mean, we still have dairy farms where we live, so when you drive around early in the morning, you do see the milk, the milk, like the tankers going around to the various dairy farms. But not like you'd see if you're out in Chilliwack or out in East Abbotsford. That's real dairy land out there. Yeah. That's crazy. That's where all the, the dairy, uh, I don't know what, how you describe them. Dairy mates. Dairy palaces. Like They're just like these fancy, the fanciest barns you've ever seen. Like They have like glass fronts. To them with big glass doors. A lot of them are doors that we make, like these big oh, glass okay. doors that go up. And oh, it's just like, whoa, what do you need that for? This is just a place with cows in it. Like, oh, got to impress the neighbors. Got to know we're clean. You know how we know we're clean? Glass. All the glass here. You know that's a clean farm. Well, that's true. That okay. is the, if, if, even if it's not, that's the uh, that's the illusion they got to put through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So you make all these uh, the doors for people. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there any way that you could like use them to do a heist? Like if you, my uh, knowledge of the doors? Yeah, your knowledge. Well, as in like, you know, you know this door is going to this mm-hmm. like fancy place. Yeah. And just like, could you like slip in a little something extra that like, you know, <laughs> yeah, now but, you can get in and, yeah, uh, and, no. and steal their paintings? Because or, we don't we don't sell the door a whole. The door is put together by someone else. So they uh, might be able to do something. But you think and you, you know what? get in on it together? I'm okay with cows keeping their own paintings. I don't want to steal any cows paintings. Okay. Is that what you're suggesting? I should steal cows paintings? Well, seems look, a little mean. Ian. I'm assuming it's that, bad enough we're taking their milk. I'm assuming that if this is a fancy dairy place, yeah, then you know, and say it's so fancy that some executives might work. There's there. a painting on the wall. Our founder. There'll be something. Yeah, there'll yeah, be yeah. some fancy paintings. They'll sure. be there just to like 
elevate the joint. It's a bull with a ring in its nose. Yeah. Our founder. A really sexy bull with a ring in its nose. Yeah. <laughs> our founder. Yeah, our, our founder. <laughs> Ferdinand. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, if you, just wondering if you could, you know, maybe I'm watching too many, you know, procedurals. But I'm just like, you know, uh, if you and the other door folk get in on it and just go like, listen, we all know this; these doors are going to blah, 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 blah. And so, you know, we could all just, you know, do this thing and and uh, and set this up. And then, uh, you know, we'll, we break in and we'll get their stuff because we created the doors. So we're going to create like extra yeah. things in the doors sure. that will let us get into the doors. Yeah. We'll just like insert a, a hidden secret door in the door. Yeah. Uh-huh. Little door. Yeah, yeah. No. Like this really feels like it's more now I'm saying this an alarm company thing. <laughs> like the alarm company people should That's that's why they're bonded. We're not bonded where I work. Like we we could have a criminal record and work where I work. Oh, okay. Because we are so low on the totem pole of security. I mean, we are creating a security door, but we're not installing that door. Like an installer could be putting the door in and he would notice that you have like a secret door in the door. And he's going to, you know, if he's an honest person, he's going to be like, "Hey, Someone's trying to scam here. We can't put these doors in. There's the door in the door. Right. And then the owners would be like, uh-oh, who did this? You know, trying to steal the picture of our founder, Ferdinand, the founder. But, yeah, if you're, like, a little higher up, then you get the security guys. But, of course, they're bonded. They're, like, mm-hmm. you know, they have to be, like, they can't have a criminal record. You know, like, you know, so you assume some sort of, like, level of responsibility that's beyond my, my you know. Here's what I obviously say. Obviously, larcenous collection of people who work where I work. Yeah, what you need is, uh, okay, so you probably wouldn't have to be bonded to work at a furniture store. No. Right? Like, even a fancy furniture store. Even a fancy furniture store. Okay, so store. here's my plan, then. Yeah. Is uh, someone... Hide an to- ottoman. Okay, what's that? Hide, hide in an ottoman. I'm not saying an ottoman. I'm saying okay. a couch. I'm oh. saying, like, a big couch. Mm-hmm. So what you want to do is... Yeah. You want to, like, have the person buy the couch mm-hmm. and, like, we're getting it delivered. Yeah. So, you know, the guys who are delivering it are also in on it and they know... Okay. ...that this couch is going to be heavier hope you're than paying it should them. be. Yeah, I was going to say, paying them well. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're, they're in on it, right? They're <laughs> yeah, going to yeah. split the loot. You, so, you know... You know how you can tell they're in on it? Because they drop the couch over and over again accidentally. That's funny. In yeah. quotation marks. Yeah. So they, they carry the couch into the house <laughs> yeah, with yeah. the guy in it. Yeah. Uh, and then they, they drop it off and they mm-hmm. get their tip. And they're they're and then they put it where are you supposed to tip furniture delivery guys? I, I'm not sure. Anyway, um, if you don't, you're gonna get your house robbed in this style. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so you so they put it wherever yeah. you want it to go. Mm-hmm. So it's where it's permanently gonna be. Yeah. And then they leave, and then nighttime comes. Yeah. Zip out you go. Mm-hmm. Steely, steely. Dunk, 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 dunk. Just out you go. Yeah. And it's like, oh, oh, the oh you don't the take everything and hide it inside you back inside the oh, couch. Oh, you hide it in the couch, <laughs> and then. And then the guys oh, come. Oh, no, that's good. That's better. Okay. No, okay, here's what you do. Yeah. Yeah, you take the shit. Yeah. And you hide it in the couch. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly right. Okay. But then, then you, then you have the guy sneak out. Yeah. He sneaks out. Yeah. Then they go, there's been a recall. Uh, there was something <laughs> the really wrong. The airbags failed. Yeah, on the something couch. is bad yeah. with it. Yeah. It's toxic. Mm-hmm. We've got to take it back. Yeah. Uh, but we'll replace it. And so you replace the couch. Out you go. Yeah. But you had all the shit in the couch. Mm. Yeah. But it's got to be stuff they wouldn't notice uh, right off the top. Of yeah, you can't have the television in there. No, you can't have the television yeah. in there. Yeah. No, exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, television doesn't. It's not worth that much. No, it's not really worth stealing. You want anymore. jewels. You want yeah. bonds. Yeah. 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 That's the kind of thing you want. You know. Yeah. Anyway, that's uh, our planning a heist segment for today. <laughs> heist talk. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Here's what I think. Mm-hmm. You're a burglar, right? Yeah. So you get the stuff. Mm-hmm. And you attach it to helium balloons. Okay. And you just let them go out the window. Oh. You have trackers on all the balloons. Okay. 
So when they finally get up nice and high, yeah. they're going to burst. Okay. Stuff's going to fall. Yeah. It's going to fall randomly around. Yeah. No one's going to be able to find it, except you who's got the tracker. <laughs> what what, what, what someone whose yard it falls in, when they be able to find it? Well, if they see it first, yeah, but you're going to do multiple things. So, you put, so you're putting like a bunch of jewels and stuff, yeah, stuff yeah. that can survive a fall, obviously. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you put them and then you put the balloons and you put them out the window. Okay. And then, you know, you see the balloons go off. Yeah. So now someone, you know, uh, it catches you mm-hmm. like, oh, no. I was like, oh, well, I don't have anything on me. I just broke and entered. But uh, it's not theft over how many dollars because I got nothing. Well, but our blah was missing. Well, you can clearly see it's not on me. Well, I'm going to check your car. Uh, my car. Yeah. There you go. It seems to me if you're going to do a, a theft, you should just not get caught. Oh, don't get You'll caught? save yourself a lot of trouble. Yeah, I'm all for the not getting caught. Yeah, well, yeah. in that case, you attach yourself to some balloons as well. Okay. And then more balloons on you, and then you jump out the window, mm-hmm. but you've got a parachute. Yeah. So you balloon away. Can I give you like a little suggestion for your plan? Two parachutes. <laughs> no, no. Um, have like little hollow logs that you put them into. So when they fall, people just think they're just like normal, like a log or whatever in their backyard. Ah. They don't think, oh, look, someone's, uh, a bunch of jewelry has dropped into our yard. They just think, oh, more garbage. So if you saw a log in your backyard, like a yeah. fire, a fire log. I wasn't thinking like a fire log, but it's like a branch. Something looks like a branch, like a tree branch that might have blown into the yard or something. Okay. That's not bad. Yeah. And then you get a guy go, uh, clean your uh, branches? I'm like, yep. And then they clean the branches. This, this is a lot of work. I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna, if I'm going to be a robber, I'm going to come up with schemes that involve less labor. Okay. Yours has a lot. Happy to go. Like, are you saying that like, would you do like a good job and clean up all the branches? Just oh, yeah, the one yeah. branch? Well, look, man, it's a heist. Like, clearly, <laughs> clearly I've stuffed a bunch of jewels into this branch, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I go, yeah. like, well, we're going to take these branches away. Yeah. And so they know some of the branches are real, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. they, they go, like, oh, yeah, those are branches. Mm-hmm. All these branches have been in the backyard. Yeah, yeah. They, they've seen the branches fall sure, sure. off their tree. Yeah. So, yeah, they're not going to suspect. No, no, I but robbed I just, a house yeah, yeah. two towns over. I know, but it's and stuffed and stuffed the jewels in a in a branch <laughs> and then put it in a balloon. No one's gonna be thinking that. So I get away with You're it. Right. No one would suspect it. Why would they? Yeah. And so Because it's stupid. It's so <laughs> That's the point. You wanna be have a stupid plan. Oh, I agree with you there. Yeah. So I just think the idea that you're having to go around and like like not just one house, but several different houses clean up their entire backyard in order to get your your swag. It just feels a lot of work. Yeah. And you know, but if you're a criminal, you shouldn't you should be less conscientious. Like you should like just clean up part of it, get the branch and then take off. Like not clean everything. Like you don't want to do like a complete job, like rake their lawn and do everything else. Like just grab what you need and go. Mm. Okay, alternate idea. Okay. That you go and you clean their lawn. Sure. You clean their branches. Okay. You get them to pay you for doing that. Yeah. You take that money. Yeah. You spend that. Mm. How about this idea? How, that's a perfect crime because there's no crime involved. Can't mm. get prosecuted for doing work for money unless you don't pay taxes on it. <laughs> but that's what you do. First thing you do, you sure. go to the bank, you pay that taxes. Yeah. And then like all the money, that's your money, man. Sweet, sweet money. All right. Where do you get the money to pay the taxes first before you've earned the well, money? Well, they pay you. Right, like so, oh, they okay. give you twenty dollars, and like, yeah. oh, how much is that in taxes? I don't know, five bucks. Yeah. Then you go to the bank and go, like, I'd like to pay some taxes on this, please. And they go, oh, well, here's a form, and then you pay your five dollars, and you're like, well, taxes paid. 
And then you pocket the 15 and you go to town. As much rum raisin ice cream as you want, brother. Knock yourself out. Buy some stuff, make a still, get mm. boozed up. Buy a bathtub. Yeah, Ooh. feed your chickens. I can. I know what we can use our bathtub for. What's that? Money? Bath, bathtub gin. Yes. That's exactly it. Yeah, wow. that's the plan. That's what I was pitching. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't even connect the two. You didn't connect the two? <laughs> I didn't Thought not. I just started talking about bathtub gym out of nowhere after our bathtub g- discussion? Wow. I did. I did. I didn't connect them at all. <laughs> Strange. Do you know what I would call you if you were like the guy making, because it's illegal to make bathtub gin. Yes. Uh, I would Is it illegal to make bathtub gin? I would say you can't make alcohol on your own. And, okay. Well, you couldn't sell it for all sure. Right. I wouldn't think so. How about if I make bathtub raw milk? That would be illegal, yeah. That would okay. be totally illegal. Probably more illegal than gin now that I'm talking about it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Maybe you can make your own gin. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, you can make your own wine. Why not? All right, fuck. Make your own gin. <laughs> but if but if you were, yeah. Yeah. Uh, say, like, you know, uh, that kind of guy who's like a criminal yeah. guy making gin, yeah. I'd, I'd say uh, a bathtub gym. Uh, I'd call you that. Oh, you call me bathtub gym. bathtub gym. Yeah. <laughs> Did you say bathtub gin? No, but now that you mention it, that's what he makes. Oh. Bathtub So gym. you've... you've- Finked on him, and now he's gonna get arrested. No, but here's the thing: oh. when someone asks, asks about that, why do you call him bathtub Jim? Loves to take a long bath, loves oh. to, and, and and your fingers are always pruny, and that's your cover story. Uh-huh. Like, man, that guy likes a good soak. I, I, and <laughs> I would be wondering, me as bathtub Jim would be wondering why my sales have plummeted so much. The idea of people are thinking he takes baths in his gym. No, you don't take baths in the gym. Oh. That's the cover story. That's a, okay. That's the cover story. But you've always got to be soaking your hands in water so we get them all pruny constantly. So you you're think, all, you're like whenever you're in the office, you're soaking yeah. your hands in water. Do you think that the urge of honest people to overthink crime is the reason that most criminals are caught? I think in uh, Gotham City, yes. Mm. Yeah. I think in Gotham City, if you're like, I want to commit a crime, yeah. first I got to get a tuxedo. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Or a real nice suit. Yeah. Yeah. And then I got to get a gimmick. Sure. Uh, yeah. Based on, like even the Joker dresses real nice. Yeah. In a nice suit. Sure. You know, and that guy's a crazy freaking clown who just busted out of the insane asylum. Like, Kay. if anyone could look like shit, it's him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But 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 as for honest people planning uh, thing, I think I think honest people want to not be caught. So you want to have like an elaborate thing where you yeah. cover your bases. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It's probably the easier way is just go over to your friend's house and steal their stuff. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You, you, well, that happened to us, you know. With a friend? Yeah, a friend of my brother's robbed, robbed my mom and dad's. Uh, oh, robbed no. some Stole some jewels, yeah. Oh, no. Were they invited over to the house and they did it? Uh, Yeah, they came over to the house. I guess they kind of scoped it out. We've been talking over two hours. We, um, we They scoped it out and then they, um, and then, then he came back and one day and he, he, uh, oh. and, uh, he stole from us. Okay, so how did you how did you know it was him? I uh, just um, yeah, timing, like who was there, who you know who who had opportunity, motive. yeah, motive. That's these classic things. We had got Perry Perry Mason in. Is that his name, Perry Mason. Yeah, got Perry Mason in, and he yeah. Unless he, you're in uh, the Flintstones, that's Perry Masonite, I think, or Perry Masonary. Perry One Masonary, yeah, we got Perry Masonary in, and he he yeah went through it all like motive, opportunity, you know. Whatever else there is. So did that uh, person ever come back to the house? Did you ever see them again? Uh, I think that was it for them in terms of friend thing. There was a guy who... But was, you know what they oh, say? Go ahead. go ahead. You know, sleep with dog, rise with fleas. Because this is when my brothers decided they were going to um, buy marijuana. And then they were going to 
you know, have some of it for themselves, but then they're going to sell the rest of it and make some money. Sure. So what that does is it, it brings around a lot of people that you don't really want to know. Mm. Like in normal life, you don't want to know these people. But because you've decided to become like a drug dealer. A drug dealer, yes. Yeah. Then you, you decide to enter a life of crime. You decide you're going to enter a life of crime. And you said you're going to sell drugs out of your parents' house. Then you end up with like a, a an unsavory group of and people. And I'm assuming not to cancer patients or people who. Uh, no, there was it. very few people that were missing hair who came around to our okay. house. Mostly very people with a lot of long hair. Okay. In my experience, the people who came around. And yeah, and so a couple of those guys scoped out the house while they were there. Yeah. Figured out where the jewelry box was. Sure. And then when we were away one day, because also we weren't very shy about letting people know how to get into our house when we weren't around. Like pretty much everyone knew like where to climb, what door to climb up, which door to go in if you came to our house to find stuff. And so they did. And they stole some of my mom's jewels. Oh, that stinks. It does stink. And I mean, what stinks most of course is you know who did it. Yeah. Like you're like, oh, that person. That makes you feel cold. Yeah. Yeah. We had uh, a thing. Uh, we're ninety percent sure this yeah. happened. Yeah, which was um, we were we were at uh, an improv show, and one of the performers was talking about he loved to steal things, okay. stealing things. Yeah, and then um, my wife's uh, she had it with her that night. Uh, her passport uh, vanished. Wow! And it was just like it's just the feeling of like I think he took her passport. Yeah, just for the thrill of it. And we were leaving the next day for uh, I think. For some some trip and yeah we're screwed and just couldn't do it because oh. uh, because yeah she didn't have the passport and there was no way of doing it uh, and and yeah it's uh, I've got a strong suspicion that yeah. that's what happened that it was just this you know giddy impulsive steely excitement you know yeah, yeah, for yeah. a thrill uh, thing yeah. that this person was doing and uh, and yeah so it's always you know every time I see them now it's like hmm. <laughs> yeah you gave you gave yourself away. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't have proof. No. But we're both pretty damn sure. And that, you know, they were talking about, like, they love the thrill of stealing things. It was just like, ugh, gross. That's weird. Yeah. I don't love the thrill of stealing things. Yeah, no, I haven't stolen things in a long, long time. Uh, so, uh, no, and it wasn't thrilling uh, when I did it. It was more desperate <laughs> at the yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that's been... That's been a good thirty years and more the, since I since I have I would say yeah. yeah yeah something you do sometimes and get over it get yeah. over it I'm not saying I was Jean Valjean it was more <laughs> just getting money for a burger rather than bread so there was meat involved uh oh yeah but uh, yeah I didn't have any Javers yeah uh, coming after me yeah that's lucky yeah Javers. <laughs> <laughs> were you saying we've talked two hours is that what you were saying no uh, we haven't talked that long we haven't talked two no. hours yeah. no I think I was going like I was like oh we've talked the, that long I just, we're at the one uh, we're at the 145 point uh, I believe my phone would ding I think it made like one of those sort of like this is an exception I'm going to make it I'm going to make a ding ding noise exceptionally I know you put on do not disturb but this is so important that you must know that US entrepreneur who flew to space with actor William Shatner dies in plane crash oh Irony. The Shatner curse. Is there a Shatner curse? I don't know. Let's, we just let's make it up. I think I think the Shatner curse is when you're uh, you know as old as Shatner. Yeah. People around you have died. And his famous character from Star Trek, Captain Curse. <laughs> okay, I like Captain Curse. <laughs> um, I was I've talked about it a little while ago. 
um, there's a uh, there's a um, there's a a column in Atlantic Monthly that I enjoy called "How to Build Your Life" or something like that. It's called. Okay. It's by a psychologist who teaches at Harvard Business School, a guy named Arthur C. Brooks, and he had a recent podcast talking about um, talking about death and and happiness. Okay. And how they're inextricably linked. I found it very fascinating. And I found part of what I found fascinating was he's talking about he's talking about what what is happiness is one of the things he's talking about. And he's talking, you know, this or that. And purpose was one of the things that he mentioned is like having a sense of purpose brings us happiness. And when he said that, I was thinking to myself, I was thinking, wow, well that because I've been been feeling kind of unhappy the last little while. And also kind of thinking about death a lot. I don't know yeah. why. I kind of thought I was over that. It's something that does occasionally come up in my mind. It's yeah. like a terrifying reality. Yeah. Not a possibility. It's a reality. It's kind of like, then I was saying to Lisa, if I went to the bathroom, or not a particular type of bathroom, like if I pooed, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, if I pooed, when I poo, because it's not, a, it's not like a possibility. It's an inevitable thing, right? You it's, hope so. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of it like, happen. it's kind of like death. It's not when, if I die, it's when I die. Right. Right. So, um, yeah, so I've been, and I was just, and when he's talking about that, I was thinking, wow, I wonder, and I started linking and I was thinking like, I guess it's with the girls moving out, you know, because for a long time in my 20s, like after I had cancer, I did have the kind of like a drifting life for a while. Like I was very much at loose ends. I had no idea what I was going to do, where where I was going to go. And, and I was just having trouble like getting my moorings in life, you know. And so when Mary was born... That gave me a purpose that I didn't yeah. have before. I had this, now I had a mission, right? I had this little girl that I was going to be a father to. And then Eve came and I had two little girls I was going to be a father to. And so I guess it's not mission accomplished, but it's definitely like a new stage in this journey of life. Now the girls are gone. And so my mission is, well, I don't have a mission because they're both gone. So they don't need me anymore oh, in the way they did before. True. Yeah, in the yeah. way they did before. Yeah. You know, they don't need someone to like, be there all the time to drive them places, to look out for them, to help them with homework, to reach them at night, to change their bike diapers. I'm going back in time, obviously. They, I wasn't doing this recently. But they don't need those things anymore. Like, this is a different yeah. dad phase, right? And so I think it sort of dislocated me a little bit. And I have been feeling kind of purposeless. And I don't think the bathroom fills in for this, by the way. Right. I know it's something to do, but it's not really like, it's not a purpose, right? It's a, it's a, it's a, task or whatever so i guess i'm gonna need to repurpose myself in some way like find yeah. some new thing yeah because i don't have one right now and i do you know any other empty nesters who have uh, been through like do you have peers i that don't are parents that i have... don't almost everyone i know is you know like you and pia or yeah. david or my other friend my other friend ian people like that are are like most of my friends are either much older than me mm-hmm. you know or are or are not or are childless people that you know, yeah. and so it's hard to, yeah, it's hard. You don't really have like something you can share, share in that way. You know what I mean? Like I, even if I was going to share, I'm not like a real sharer that way. The one person at work who has kids that you know he um, he's separated. Like he's not he's never married, but his partner and he are not together. Right. Um, and so his is a different relationship to his kids. You know, he's not he's not an integrated part of their life the way that. I am with the girls. Like he sees them, you know, um, every second weekend. Right. He gets the kids and he gets more in the summertime, but he doesn't, 
you know, so that is a different sort of feeling, I would think, than being where I, where I was for a long time, where we lived in the same house day after day, and I was, you know, and they were a big part of our lives. I never, I never separated the girls from our lives, but there wasn't like, this is our adult time, and this is our time, family time. There was always right. pretty much, there were some adult things we did that I did not involve the kids with, obviously, but there's, you know, most of our life was you know very much togetherness all the time like even now we're planning on going to england next year and the girls aren't coming with us which i'm kind of uncomfortable with the idea that we're going to not bring them because you know it's so much fun to be with them right and i don't why can't they come but you know you guess you have to stop well, taking your kids on vacation with you di- i don't know it's a different relationship yeah but fair enough yeah so we're going with my brother and brother-in-law and sister-in-law we're going to england together uh next march so i hope Hopefully things are travelable. Travel is something we can do. We're getting trip insurance because just in case. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> just in case. Do you think part? Do you think part of it is like, uh, you know, the focus is on you for the most part when you're younger, and then if it's you have a child, the focus, the spotlight then goes whoop, over, and so there's less pressure being. You're not in the spotlight. It's not on you. It's on your kids because they're mm-hmm. they're they're the thing that matters. Mm-hmm. Now when the kids have moved out, whoop, the spotlight comes back to you. Yeah. And it's it's kind of hard to be the focus sometimes, even of even of your own life. It's easier to yeah. Well, I think I think there is an element of that, and I think there's an element of like I think that's with people who who are sort of married to their jobs. Sure. You know, the jobs is the job gets the attention. You know, and you're just you are the part of that job. You know, you're whatever. You know, and when you start to, I'm assuming they talked about in this in this podcast I was listening to, talking about people who you know define themselves in their work. And when that stops being a thing, when you start to decline as a person, when you can no longer do the job the way you once did, right? You know, wherever you are in your life, then you have to you have to deal with that. That's a change you have to deal with. You know, that's a change in life. And then I'm not there yet. I don't know. I don't know how I'd feel. I mean, I don't know if I'm that. Def- I don't know if I'm that job defined. Part of my the way why why I work the way I work is I don't want to be in a job that defines me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like when I was a farrier, that's a very much a self-defining job. Right. Because you are very important to people. Yeah. And I didn't like that. Yeah. You're almost like a doctor. You're their yeah. person who yeah. they yeah. go to and they trust you with something very sacred to very them. Very precious, yeah. yeah, to them. And I didn't like that. I didn't like that at all. Like, so I made, I took jobs where I am just an anonymous thing, you know, in a very low level, very low skill job. Because I didn't so like the So pressure. your purpose then isn't the job. <laughs> no, it's not. No, yeah. the job like is I was, a, I was, I always think means. of it as the, 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 the times that I see people start to fade is when they start seeing their relevance fading. And sure. they feel like I'm not relevant anymore. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of fade into the background and then yeah. they just, yeah, they, you know, they're fine. They live, they do their thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's why I always like sort of feared retirement. Yeah. You know, because I, I say like, yeah, well, uh, then we retire and then we're going to do what? <laughs> you know, and oh, well, I'll be able to do this, that and that. Can't you do some of that now? Well, I guess I could. Well, why not? yeah, it's it's yeah. Yeah. Purpose and relevance is very, very important. I think absolutely. So, for sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And I think like you can look at someone like a sort of interesting, like someone like Dave Sim, who worked so hard for so long as a comic book artist, you yeah. know, and it was interesting, like, you know, a lot of his sort of what he was dealing with when he was doing like um, glamour puss and stuff like that was, I cannot do what I used to do. I cannot be the artist that I was when I was in my 40s or 50s yeah. anymore. I don't have the physical stamina. I don't have the, you know, I don't, I don't have the, the mental stamina to, to devote myself that, to that much time to something. Yeah. And that's, 
that's a sad realization there as well. You know, that kind of what we would think of as weakness, which you shouldn't think of it as that way, but that's a problem, right? When you define yourself, you know, in that way as I was once this guy, I could, I was unstoppable. I was, you know, I was a machine. I could, I never missed a day of work. I never, blah, 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 you know, and then. Yeah, you were the guy to measure, other people would measure themselves yeah, against. Yeah, against your, against whatever you did. And now you're not that person anymore. Now you're older. You, you're going to, you're starting to break down. You're, it's harder for you to do that, you know, and, and now you cannot, you can't define yourself that way anymore. So now you have to find some other way to think of yourself and it's difficult. Yeah. And you've also lashed out against certain groups of people and you've done certain things. <laughs> well, when you think of Dave Sim, but I mean, even just a normal person who's not like, hasn't created like controversy around themselves, right? you know, in that specific case, there were bridges burned mm-hmm. that then sometimes things can come over those bridges yeah. that will keep that you, things going. Yeah. But, you wish you had of, yeah, maybe you should have kept those bridges open and not lost your marbles. But anyway, you can't help, you can't help that part of yourself. And I mean, he's not alone in, in a world of, where people work by themselves a lot. Of burning bridges. You well, know, I mean, I mean, you look at, I mean, uh, look, you take the things that, and we'll get to the other stuff <laughs> yeah, again. Yeah. Uh, I will come back. We will circle around. We'll put a pin in it, as we say. Ouch. Um, uh, but like the things Dave Sim said. Yeah. We'll just, uh, you know, you go like, oh boy. But then you go to Twitter now and just go, oh boy, a lot of people <laughs> feel that way. Eh? But they didn't have yeah. uh, a monthly comic. They didn't have a in which, to, in which yeah. case to put their opinions out there and then mm-hmm. have people who also go, oh yeah, respond to. And also people go, oh no, respond to. And both yeah. Yeah. keep you going and make you feel relevant because, you know, you're the subject of conversation and you're keeping the conversation going and that feels yeah. like fire and the fire warms your belly. <laughs> and that's what all these people on Twitter are doing. Sure. It's like they, they want good attention. They want bad attention. It doesn't matter. At least you're getting attention. Look, mm-hmm. look, someone, look, your notifications. There's 10 people who notif- are, are saying things. Are they good or are they bad? Who cares? doesn't matter. It's just that. You're, you want to feel like you're in the game. Yeah. You're there. You're part of it. You exist. This, this sh- I got notifications so I know I exist. It's good. And that's so, so freaking addictive. But, yeah. yeah. Okay. Back around to, <laughs> to purpose. Well, I know that's so, I mean, I don't it's know. It's an interesting, no, it's, it's interesting also. And in that I think, you know, you're far from the only person who's gone through. Oh, of course. Anything like this. Of course. Yeah. I know I'm saying I'm original. <laughs> no, no. And I, I mean that as in, I say that as in a hopeful way. Yeah. As in like, yeah, this is something that's... I think know, everyone goes through, yeah, for sure. Yeah, is yeah. it a trauma? Of course it's a trauma. But mm-hmm. you don't want to call it a trauma because it's a happy thing for your kids. So you want to be saying like, oh, I support this. And you do. But for you, it's not good. That's... Because now you've got <laughs> the bad change, which is I'm missing you guys who I love. That's it. The, you know, love has left the house. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's there in another form. But And you don't want to be the selfish person going, come back because that's unhealthy. And, you know... But in the way you do, uh, so yeah. Well, you no, that's right. And, the, and those are. And why do you feel the way you feel? Is it is it fear or is it regret? Like why is there a sadness to what you feel, or is it just a feeling that it's over now and I have to put that away in a drawer? And I can't, that part of my life is done. The same way that changing diapers was done, and that was sad when I could no you know longer do, change diapers. You know, right. Or when bath time was done, when the girls could bathe themselves, and I didn't need to do that anymore. That was a sad time. But you were still involved with them in some other way. You know, you you filled that yeah you're that thing with stage. some with another stage. But now this new stage is, doesn't involve me. This is a new stage for them that I'm just they carry on, and I I you know I've planted the flag, and I'm like, you go on without me. You go on, have a happy life. 
you know, create your own life. And that's important. Yeah. Because they don't, they can't be tied to me. Like, I remember watching, there's a video I was watching, um, very depressing video uh, from this um, YouTube YouTube uh, channel called, I think it's called like Kurzgesagt. It's a German kind of science thing, but they also, they do like little things about philosophy and stuff as well. And this was one about life. And in it, it said that you will see your parents, what 90% of the time you spend with your parents will be up till the age of your, your like your twenties. That's right. And after that, the rest of your life, but you'll see about 10% of the, you know, or 90, yeah. That, that, and that's, of course, when I hear that, I'm like, Oh, ten percent more. Oh my God. That's all I got now. But, uh, and that's just that's maybe different for you. Maybe I different. Think you've got a different relationship you, with your daughters than a lot of people. Sure, have. but you still you still have created. You still have to encourage them to have a life that's separate from yours because yep. they need that. It's that's healthy. That's a healthy thing. It's not healthy if you are, you know, s- still relying on your parents when you're, you know, in your late twenties. That doesn't. But were you healthy. when they were living at home? Were you? Uh, uh, you know, were you were you holding them super close and like, don't go off on your own? Oh, no, experience? no. Well, that's no. the thing. I mean, that the you've already laid bad. the groundwork for this <laughs> so that they know they can go and they, they they know that you're there and you are there to them even if you're not there to them. And, you know, that's that's really important. You know, they know you're there. Mm-hmm. So something goes, goes wrong yeah. or something goes right. They, always they will me. probably share this with you because you guys like each other's company, yeah. which is an unusual thing for... You know, pe- I mean, parents and children love each other, but I don't know if they all, you know, often like each other. Yeah. And I think you guys like each other as well. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah. I remember a little it's while weird ago. It's in a good way. Let's go with that. Yeah. I think like you, yeah. you, you know, as we've talked about on the show, you've, uh, you know, corrected for mistakes that were made by your parents in the past and, and they probably corrected I think I wouldn't even say they, my parents, their generation made, yeah. Okay. Their, well, that's being generous. I think then. it's a generational thing that. That's being sure. generous. You know, you're, you're, you're not. Okay, you can say it however you want to. <laughs> I just and feel like that my, generation tried to correct the mistakes that previous generation. Yeah, yeah. And everyone's tried to correct it as you've gone along. That's and some correct. haven't tried to collect, correct it. Some have just carried but on. But the things, like, but the, but the support you didn't feel that you got, mm-hmm. you have tried to present to them, and I believe that has come through. Okay. Right. Yeah. Sure. Sure. So you know, I think you've got a very different relationship with. Uh, I think we're going to read a letter about uh, <laughs> about a Christmas dinner that may prove that point later. Um, right. But like, I think you, you've got a relationship that's different than than the relationship sure. with you and your sure. Yeah, no, it's funny. Um, a little while ago, Mary was reminding me. She said, "Do you remember, Dad, the time I asked you if you if I had a curfew?" I was like, "No." She goes, "She goes, what did, what did I say?" She said, "You said it's seven a.m." <laughs> That sounds about right. Because yeah, they never had a curfew. Like they never, they didn't. I was. They weren't expected home at a particular time. Yeah. Ever in their whole life. So just because I, I would, I had no curfew when I was a kid. So I think you know it's important to trust your kids. I'm sure they broke that trust, but I don't need to know about it. It's okay. fine. It's fine. Uh, though you have now established that that no curfew thing yeah. did lead to some drug dealers in your family. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't. Yeah, I, but my brothers and I were. They had different, um, they had, they were different than me and they were treated differently. Like they, they did have a curfew. I didn't. Oh, okay. And I don't know why. I don't know. It's weird to me because in so many, uh, so many other ways, my mom seemed to not trust me, but in that way she'd, that's fine. Three in the morning. I don't care. Well, uh, let's just get into the purpose thing then. Okay. So, uh, if that, I mean, there's, look. There's What's going to take over for it? I well, let's not even take over because you're not going to have the day-to-day responsibilities yeah. of raising children. That is like always going to be in your head. And also, they're not gone, gone. No, no, no. You know, 
No, no, no. They're 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 around. Yeah, they're around. Yeah, and so you're still you're still going to be a father to them, and but just in a different way than you were yep. when they were living living yep. at home. And then you know possibly in the future, grandfather. You know, and so if you like that change in diapers, well, that could be coming around again. <laughs> oh, don't get me excited. Yeah, that is. A, <laughs> that's usually the way this this story goes. Yeah, yeah. But like as to as to purpose, mm-hmm. was there? Yeah, it's like, I mean, you can't just force a purpose on yourself. No, that's the thing. You can't. uh... You could look into what you're already doing and seeing if, you know, you want beyond that. I mean, you you do do volunteer work, you know, with your church and whatever, and you get something out of that Mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, You know, you do, you're you're starting a second podcast. That's, that's a thing Mm -hmm. that's going on, you know, so that's, uh, you know, Uh, you're probably still going to be the colorist on more books that we're doing if we get to do more books that'd be great hopefully there's that and that's just <laughs> that's just work work i mean the, the obviously the the church stuff is a different is a, yeah, is a deeper yeah. is a deeper thing yeah but have you given any thought to what you what what you enjoy and what you would like to spend your you know time Twi- on twilight years um uh, let's not go twilight <laughs> I don't know. People are living to a hundred, so don't don't go, don't get there yet. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I haven't really. I don't know. I do, honestly don't know. I and feel... by the way, you can change your mind. Yeah, yeah. Like you yeah. might go through like another you know change of you know this and that. You know, we, we it's just you go through changes I, in life. I think I'll find. I think I'll find something. I just don't know what it will be yet. Right. And that's but that's okay. I mean, I have ideas, but I don't really like to talk about stuff like that. Do you think it won't happen if you talk about it? You don't have to talk about it, obviously. Yeah, I think, well, yeah, I think talking about it puts it, puts too much pressure on me to, to act on it or puts too much uh, pressure. Okay, to... and then people would, yeah, it's the thing, I'm, I'm writing a novel. How's your novel going? Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I prefer, I'm writing a novel. Me neither. But yeah, it's, uh, um, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, I just don't want to, I don't know. I'd say just be open It'll to come. it. I mean, it's, it's mm-hmm. something that could sneak up on you. You know, that you're just, who knows? Yeah. You know, someone who, someone who tells you, you know, I've got, I know the way my life's going to go. You know, again, I'm sorry I couldn't hear you over God's laughter. What was that again? One more time. What's, what you're going to be spending your time doing? Well, yeah, I'm yeah. going to. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah, the guy who. Uh, Pandemic. Has, has a closet full of, of cars, model cars he's going to build after he retires, you know, like. Yeah. I saw those at the auction. I saw those at the auction because he never got to make those cars, you know, like had all those plans and. Yeah, I mean, you walk through, you know, it's summertime, it's the garage sales, and you see some a lot of ideas on those lawns that didn't get yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, this was this seemed like something at the time. Sure. Sure. Yeah, no, I'd, I'm not panicking about it, but it's just, a, it's, a, it's just a different sort of feeling. That's something I haven't felt for a while. Yeah, and I can see how yeah. it, like, pushes mortality into the, into the picture. For sure, for sure. You know, like... Um, and like I say, that's a question they asked in the podcast is when, when people, cause he was talking to a, um, a doctor who does palliative care. Yeah. And so not end of life necessarily, but palliative care, not hospice care, but palliative. And, you know, they're just talking about that, like, you know, fear of death. Are, is, are you afraid of death? Or are you just, are you regretful of death? Like where, where, where do you fall on this, yeah. uh, you know, this thing? And I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I could answer that or would want to answer that question, to be honest. But, yeah, it's an interesting, it's just an interesting feeling. And I, and I wonder if it's just a change of life thing that, that's how I deal with it. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Cause I went through this in my mid thirties when mm-hmm. I was always going through a change of life then as well. And I was dealing with a lot of like sort of night terrors, 
you know, that sort of feeling of like, <gasps> my God, sure. oblivion. I can't yeah, even imagine yeah. it. Ugh. But, uh, and I've been going through that a bit lately too. Not as much as I did then, but just a little bit of that feeling of like, oh my God, death is approaching. Could be. Yeah. I think that's maybe, I don't know. That's a weird, it's a weird thing. I don't think it's unusual, but I just think it's. When you, yeah. when you get that feeling of like death is approaching. Yeah. It, is it, is it, a, I mean, you know, is it a feeling of just like, you know, got stuff to do or just fear of the unknown? Um, this is more the startling realization that you are, uh, will drop out of the continuum at some point. Right. You know, and that life will go on without you. And you don't know when that will be because no one knows when that will be. Right. This is no one, no one, something that that German video pointed out was that you never know when is the last time you'll say goodbye to someone. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're like, oh, that's, <laughs> don't tell me that. But yeah, it's true, isn't it? That you just never know. You say, you say goodbye to people and that's it. That, inev- that not, and it doesn't have to be like, it doesn't have to be death. It can be anything that's just moving, life changes, the things that break people apart. You won't see them anymore. Yeah. In fact, someone just quit work today. Like not quit like abruptly, but had given notice a month ago. I guess we've worked together for about three years, more than three years around there, you know, and it's really sad to say goodbye to him because I know that. You know, you can say things like, oh, I'll catch you. You know, you, you can drop by any time. No one's going to drop by their old work. Blah, who wants to do that? Because it's, it's changed. As soon as you leave, it's changed. And it won't be the same. You can come back and it'd be awkward because people will be like, oh, it's good to see you. But, yeah, you know, we don't really have much in common anymore because what we shared was here. And now you've, you're left that, you know. So, so you know that you won't see them. So that's it. That's the last time. This is a weird feeling, you know. You know goodbye. It's great working with you. It was fun. We laughed every day. We had good jokes. Yeah. Now, <laughs> that's it. Door closed. My my wife's having a birthday next month, and yeah. uh, and so it's like inviting people to the birthday thing, and like there's some people from the past. Then you just go like, oh yeah, I never really see them anymore. Yeah. And, you know, but it doesn't make them any less important to me. But it's yeah. like, yeah, just to, and especially since again we've had the pandemic, and like you don't see people. Mm. It was like about two years of like. You shouldn't see people. Yeah. And it's very weird to get back into that. Everything's, it, it also has definitely put mortality on the table when, you know, there's mortality in the news consistently. Yeah. You yeah. know, you do one wrong thing and, well, <laughs> well you screwed up. And that's the end. And mm, now you're posting your regretful video uh, out there and saying, don't do what I did. And it's like, oh boy, holy moly. <laughs> Is that very common? The regret videos? Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of videos of people like, I didn't believe in COVID. I didn't think, and I was healthy and da, 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 oh, okay. this okay. is terrible and you don't want this. And then, you know, it's always like that person just passed away. You know, that person did it. Or there's just a video of the person doing the, and then you shouldn't do it. And da, 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 I'm anti this. And it's like, this person just passed away. And you're mm. like, you don't want to die from irony. Yeah. That's a, that's a sad death to be an example. Yeah, I don't want to be an example. Don't you, you do don't want to play this did. song at your funeral? <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> well, yeah, wouldn't be too bad. Wouldn't be too bad. Yeah, it's interesting. And the other thing they were talking about in this, obviously, was that the relationship between happiness and and pain. You know that most of the person was saying most of our um, most of our strongest memories are of sadness. Most of our strongest memories in our life are of like a big major life changing kind of sadness in your life. That's like something that most of us have in our lives. You okay. Know? Okay. That's interesting. Cause I think of like uh, uh, the immediate thing I go is like 
so often that sadness is wrapped around some there's a joy halo around well it that's almost. the thing isn't it there that's, you go because without you know like you could just live in like a happiness soup but eventually there's another thing he was talking about was people who move from where they live to chase the sun they go you know what i love the sun i'm gonna i'm gonna give up my job i'm gonna sell my house and i'm gonna move to a place that's sunny and they do that it costs a lot of money and it's a lot of up uprooting and changing your life and you know you lose your you lose your seniority your job and you do all these changes and yeah you're in the sun but now the sun is every day and eventually that's nothing because every day is the same you don't think about it as the sun anymore you don't go you don't go oh i love walking out the door into the sun ah the sun shining on my face oh i love it you're not gonna do that every day for a year after a year you're just gonna be like oh it's so hot out today oh oh the air conditioning's broken oh god damn it you know this just becomes part of your life it's no longer it's no longer like a thrill, you know, you know, like when you f- first meet someone you love, you love them and you can't believe how much you love them. And eventually that love just becomes part of your normal life. You just don't always love them the same way that that honeymoon love eventually just becomes part of like the comfortable love, you know, which is more livable with. That's yeah. for sure, especially for your friends. But, you know, that's that's this natural, you know, like if you win something, you win some money, you're not going to be celebrating winning money 20 years after you won some money. Like that's not it's just part of your life. This becomes part of your life. Do you ever do uh, one of the, uh, like, uh, I don't know what happened with you, with your therapy thing, but you ever, like, uh, do a gratitude journal or anything like that? No, no, I never did. Um, I don't know why. I mean, my, my therapy was pretty, pretty much, pretty focused, partly because it was, like, through Lisa's work. Yeah. So it was pretty much like, you've got this amount of time of therapy. So we're going to get, we're going to get to the bottom of this pretty quick, you know. <laughs> So there wasn't a lot of like, there wasn't a lot of. That's just a funny type of therapy to me. It's just like, we're just going to get right to the bottom bottom of this. Yeah. We're going to figure stuff out. It's your mom. (laughs) Okay. And for for me, I asked like, give me the beating around the bush. (laughs) Really stretch it out. Really stretch it out. I want to. this cost as much as it can. I want to feel like I'm paying for something here. That's right. And I don't want to use the answers. I want the hard answers. Well, sometimes the hard answers are the easy answers. Because even when you get the easy answer, it's no easier to deal with than, than if it was a hard time to get to that answer. Yeah, something something I find yeah. myself doing at night is I stand on the the balcony we got up here, and I do go through the day and think of the and and think of what I'm grateful for. That's, that's just a that's real great. basic thing. And that's then, a great thing. And then you know, there's like probably like a little sub prayer or whatever about you know what's what's to come, mm-hmm. whatever's happening. But it's mostly just asking for the strength to do it and for the support of people around me to help me yeah, to yeah. do it, whatever, whatever sure. the thing is that's, sure. that's coming up. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think a lot of it is, you know, you're right. You don't go, Oh, sun every day. Cause you're a <laughs> madman, right? You are absolutely. There's a bit of something I like, you know, in certain cultures where before you uh, eat food, you, you're thankful for the food and you sure. say thanks. Yep. And it is nice just taking that beat to just Talking go. Christian, Christian cultures? Is that what you're talking Christian, about? Christian cultures. the Jewish culture for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Gratitude, I remember we all took a little laugh yeah. that like the Orthodox Jewish culture, you know, uh, says thank you like uh, for bathroom stuff as well. Mm. And it's just like, hee, hee, hee. but you know what? I'm glad the pipes are working. Yeah, that yeah, seems, you're like, right. a, that seems no. like a good thing to Oh, man, that's, that's good that that stuff works. 100%. But of course, yeah. I mean, that's. Yeah, like if you were the first person to get a sewer system put into your house and your friend was still going in the backyard, that would be pretty exciting. But eventually, after a while, you're just pooping in a toilet and flushing it. Like, right. But, you know, like if you've had a situation where things weren't working internally for a while, of course. then when it does, you're like, this is pretty great. Yeah, yeah. That everything's going. Yeah. But where I'm going, where I'm going with this and gratitude, it's not, you know, it's a nice one to take a beat to mm-hmm. just go. 
you know, as uh, I'm trying to think, like, if it's a Kurt Vonnegut thing or not, uh, where you got to take a moment every when something good happens to go like, well, if this isn't pleasant, I don't know what is. <laughs> is that what he yeah, said? Yeah, that was one of the things he said. Just like, take a moment when you know that yeah, know, something yeah. is nice. He says, well, if this isn't pleasant, I don't know what is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. But I think there's there's a thing with the gratitude. Uh, which isn't necessarily like everything, you know, oh, this is great, this is great, this is great. But yeah. just to acknowledge to yourself, like, where's the joy in your life and where's that coming from? And just acknowledge not necessarily the pleasure, but the joy. Mm-hmm. And just go like, I get deep joy from, <sighs> you know, I get deep joy from this moment in my life. I get this. And, and you can think of that at the end of the day and go like, what really gave me joy today? Well, that did. Because you can just skim over that shit. <laughs> you can skim over it so it's fast true. you don't yeah. even notice it. And not realize you're over this ocean of joy. Mm-hmm. That you're just like, oh, boy. that's Yeah, because yeah, you're thinking about all the all the other stuff. Because there's always shit. Oh, boy, there's shit. <laughs> of course there is. That's, oh, my God. But, you know, like, unfortunately, much like our death, it's one of those inevitable parts of... Like, yeah, is the, is the, the difference between uncomfortable... the difference between that and our death is we're not going to be there for our death. That's the one thing no. you got to give give it to your death is like you're not going to be there, so don't worry you, about it. Yeah, you won't be there for the final. Yeah, you won't yeah. be there. You know, I'm I'm hoping that I'll I'm hoping that I'll be somewhat aware of it. Not I don't want to. You don't want the go in your sleep uh, thing. Yeah, I don't want to go to die in my sleep like grandfather. Not screaming in terror like his passengers. Yeah, that's go. an old one. Um, yeah, that's, you don't want the going in your sleep. You want the being pushed off a cliff. Yeah, I want the. <laughs> I want the screaming. All I the want way the down. like the awareness that yeah, this is my end. My end. The end, my friend. Yeah, no, I. I don't know. I just. I don't know how I feel about all that stuff. No, I'm just. How could you? I. I I'm not how talking could? about that. See, there's something else. This person talked in this thing was he was talking about. There's necessary pain and there's unnecessary pain. Sure. So. You know, life has life is full of necessary pain. There's things that we can't avoid mm-hmm. because it's just life. But there's also unnecessary pain, things that we could avoid that we still do to each other, whether it's being mean to each other, insult each other, steal yeah. from each other, all these things that we we or could being avoid. Being mean to ourselves as well. Being mean to ourselves as well, for sure. Uh, what are you trying to say? Um, yeah, that we, you know, and I thought that was an uh, interesting thing to talk about as well in in, in this podcast. It was, a, it was an interesting, anyway, it was an interesting discussion mm-hmm. of... Uh, of life, life. It was just kind of interesting to hear it when you're in the middle of something like that, and you're just kind of like, "Oh, you're, you're talking my language here." Yes. Why have I been feeling the way I've been feeling? Why have I been feeling kind of cast adrift? Yeah. You know, and that, oh, that's why. You know, that's why. And it's weird. Like you wouldn't think when you like when I had cancer and you survive, and you're like, "Oh, well, that's great." You know, you lived, and you're like, "Yeah, it's awesome." But why after that would you then feel like? I can't figure out where to go next. You know what I mean? Like, well, why? Why would those two things be related? I, but I you guess don't, I don't, guess they were because you don't it's talk so to just, a bunch of people who have had cancer and just go, "You guys all got your shit together now, right?" <laughs> no, no, we just had cancer. Yeah, that yeah. was the thing that we had in common. But I think at the time it was expected, like, "Oh, you're cured now. Start life again. Carry on. You know, go back to school. Finish finish university. Da 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 da. You know, like pick up where you left off." And you're like, oh, "I'm having real trouble picking up." Where I left off, like I'm, it's not really working for me right now. I don't know what to do. Do you think that was related to to the disease, or was that just like just how you? Work? I think it was a psycho. I think it was a psychological thing that was related to it for sure. Okay, and I don't know why, but yeah, I mean, it's very disruptive to your life. Right. You know, was your like, headspace so your headspace was very different before and after the mm-hmm, disease? Yeah. Mm-hmm, for sure. Lisa commented on that actually, like she said, you used to be so full of life, and now you're not. You know, I think I'm. I've pulled out of that. Like I'm, you know, but at that time, I guess 
And you don't know, right? Like, you don't know where you are because you were there. I just remember at the time, yeah, and I think I've said this on the show before, you said to me, I'm the only person who's gone through cancer and it hasn't changed me at all. Oh, what a liar. Yeah, well, normally, yeah, of course. It's a total bullshit. Whenever someone tells you, let me tell you something about myself. Okay. And I will believe the opposite. What is it? I am a confident man. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So confident. You got to tell me you're confident. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you something. What what is it? You can trust me. Oh, well, I certainly can't trust you because there's no reason you tell me that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny. Like the uh, Lisa and the girls will not let me take personality tests because they say you answer them all wrong. Like you're wrong about yourself. Mm. So we'll we'll answer for you. Then ours will be more accurate than yours. Oh, that's not true though. It's weird. It's weird. It's not true. Both are true. Both are true. You you should how you, you see yourself both, is yeah. Also... You should both do it and then yeah <laughs> take the happy and medium. then and then yeah split the difference split for the difference. sure and then you might get something close. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because I guess in their their view, my view of myself is so wrong that I can't be trusted to answer questions about myself. Sure, which is possible. I don't know. I have a very, I obviously have a low self esteem, etc. So, yeah, it's a it's a funny thing. So yeah, they won't let me take those whatever they are, those BR and you know those sort of things where yeah. you get like a series of letters that's supposed to tell you something about yourself. Right. It's like nope, don't answer those. <laughs> you you'll get the wrong answers. It won't be you. I mean, you know. Yeah, it's a oh, it's a tough one. It was like there was a, there was an interesting thing that one of my th- the therapist that I had that was a good therapist. And it sounds like I'm being an egomaniac when I say this. Mm-hmm. That a good the best therapist I ever had. Uh, one of the things she 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 said like off the top was you know uh, you're good looking and you're charismatic and was listing all this other stuff about me. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? She's yeah. like, no, no, you are. You can. Yeah, you are. And like, oh, I, I, I can't let that. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Let that I would have a hard in. time. I would yeah, have the, a hard idea, time. the idea. But if you can't acknowledge that, mm-hmm. then you are not acknowledging what you're putting out there. And you're already starting with a lie. So now we're fucked because mm-hmm. we're starting on a broken leg. Mm-hmm. And now we're just hopping around trying to, you know, uh, make things fit the way that we think, you know, inside our heads. But no, no, that's not what you are. You're this. Like, oh, okay. That's one of the things I like about. Uh, Scott Pilgrim, the the movie, yes. is like he's constantly doing things throughout and describing himself, and the way that he's acting is different than the way he's describing mm-hmm. himself. Mm-hmm. I don't drink. Give me two gin and tonics, you know. Yeah, oh, I don't want one. Oh, well, yeah, did you want one? <laughs> uh, I didn't know. And drink of the gin and tonics, but you don't drink. But yeah, he does drink. Yeah, and that's just yeah. that's just something that we have. Yeah, like I don't think. Yeah, you could acknowledge that you're attractive and charismatic. Probably that would be a hard thing for you to absorb as well. For me to admit, yeah. Oh yeah, no, I and you are. I mean, there's no, there's no toys about it. You are. So, so we can't even start from that base. Where do we go? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. From the basics of mm-hmm. just like you know, I'm six foot one. No, I'm I'm four foot five. <laughs> no, you're six foot fucking one. <laughs> Yeah. That's what you are. No, nah, I don't feel that tall. It doesn't matter if you feel that tall. You just are that tall. Mm-hmm. And it's it's weird. Like it's weird, and I don't think I don't think anything that anyone did in my life could have changed how I see myself. I think that's a personal. Like I think that's a genetic thing. It's not like a educated part of me. You know. Okay, say that one more time, and I'm going to say something back. What was it? You don't think anything anyone did in your life? Yeah, could have changed how I view myself. Okay. And I'm going to say, I don't think anyone that you've met in your life couldn't have changed how you view yourself. I think you're affected by that, even if you don't want to take in that you're affected by that. You're affected by everyone that you that you meet. Sure, sure, sure. But I think that it still has to go through the prism of my self-understanding that exists outside of, like, I don't think my mom 
like I'm not going to blame like my parents for how I see myself because I don't think that they cared one way or the other to tell me. Do you know what I mean? And maybe that would affected me. That, would you say that about another baby? Would you say that if there's a baby that was here and their parents are raising them and say that they would not be affected, this baby yeah. would not be affected as they're growing up by how their parents are reacting to them? Do you think that is, there's in any way a possibility that's the case? Because if not, why is that the case with you? <laughs> what makes you so different than every other person on I'm Earth? not saying they didn't have effect on me. I'm just, right. I just mean that I think that that is like hardwired into me, the way I view myself. Because even like trying to like correct it as, as an adult, I can't. Like I can't get around those things. Like I can't change how I view myself, right? Like when you say... You're good looking and charismatic. Yeah. That is not, even if that's you said, extreme, that's I'm extreme. being, I'm being honest with you. And w when I tell you that you are this, I'm like, no. Okay. No. That, then the way I'd get into that with you is I, I do it on yeah. a minor level of just like, uh, what do you look good in? What's a, what's a, what's an outfit you look good in? And then I can, then you can kind of work your way around to, well, I know I look good if I wear this. Yeah. But it's the outfit, really. It's not me. It's not <laughs> the outfit at all. It's you. You just yeah. know that you feel, Good, you know, what's a circumstance where you feel that you're charming to people? Well, you're charming at a high school reunion. People like to see you. They're happy to see you in this. But if I said you're a charming person, you can't take that. But I can give you a specific example that you could sure. probably absorb it in. Sure. And I'm bullshitting you at this point because what I'm really <laughs> saying is you're a charming person. And yeah, you're, yeah, you're, yeah. You're this thing. Yeah. No, no. It's, uh, yeah. And I, I no, I, I'm not going to argue that their parents have no effect on children. I think they do. I do think, though, that children also have a strong genetic component that no parent can, okay. can mess with. Like their personality is pretty much set in stone before you. And you just have to kind of learn to navigate that personality to get to the, you know. That might be the case. Sure. Speaking as a parent. All right. You know, and having two two daughters who grew up in, you know, roughly the same house, roughly yeah. the same life, you know, and both are incredibly different people, have totally different outlooks in the world, react differently to different stimuli and, you know, and, you know. But both who are kind, good, funny people. Who, yes, I mean you know. there were good results from from how you know how we raised them and stuff like that. But but I mean I mean that can be a genetic component too. Their parents are also. <laughs> it might be genetic, and it might be okay. If it's a genetic component, then do you see your parents in them? If we're going genetic, let's go with the gene genealogy. I yeah, I can do see. You see. Do you see? Do you see your parents, and do you see? Lisa's mother and father in them as well. Yeah. Characteristics. I mean, if I knew Lisa's mom and dad better. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I knew them, but not not intimately the way that a kid would know their parents. Okay. You know? Do you see your mom then in, in your daughters? Mm-hmm. Okay. For sure. I mean, I see my mom and me, or my mom and dad and me. So That's that's fine, but I'm just talking yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that they, they carry that. They carry that for sure. I mean, Mary. Oh, I shouldn't say Mary. I was going to. Let me put it this way. Scratch Mary. Uh, both girls have dealt with, you know, um, you know, psychological issues and stuff sure. like that, you know, that um, my family has dealt with, that my, you know, as not just my parents, but my grandparents and great-grandparents have dealt with, with, um, you know, mental health issues. Sure. It's a long time. It's a long history in my, in my family, you know, so that's something that wins its way through us. And it, it's it's a defining part of your personality yeah. as Not well. to be specific, but I'm going to say most families. Sure. Okay. If if there's there's very rarely that I've that I've talked to people at any length yeah. where that has not come out, but it is always like sure. not talked about. Yeah. But it oh, is you're like right. you're right. It can yeah. it definitely happen. I mean, yeah. My dad never had a nervous breakdown, but my grandpa did. You know, your dad had a nervous breakdown, as you said, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
No, that's true. I think, yeah, most families have... And it's a secret thing, right? We can't talk about it. Yeah, that's right. Everyone's every, everything's secret. It's still secret <laughs> to this day. There's stuff going on in you know my family and around me. Yeah, yeah. Like it's all hush hush. Yeah. And I'm just like, I know, but maybe if it wasn't so hush hush for everybody, we could. Yeah, yeah. Like, No, we, we, we never mention lo- any No, of no, this. we can't. Can't talk about what your dad earned, and you can't talk about you know the fact that he had a drinking problem when he's when you were growing up. Yeah. Nope, can't talk about that. No, that's terrible. What would the neighbors say? What would the neighbors say? Indeed, what would they say? They'd say, me too. Yeah, that's, right. that's right. Yeah, And then you'd kind of bond <laughs> over it and maybe be more supportive. And then maybe you could help put a kibosh on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. If we, I mean, if we admitted and recognized these problems, so we could help maybe take care yeah, of them. Yeah, and see it not as personal shortcomings of yourself and, uh, yeah, and yeah. your children. So you're like, oh, well, what does this, what have I done? What does it say about me that my child <laughs> is this? And it's like it says your child needs help in this. And yeah, yeah. that's all it means. Sure, so, sure. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I say shaking my hands. I really have to uh, pee. That's a, the weakness I have. Oh, that's so I'll be right back. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right. Do you need another uh, coke? No. All right. I, I don't, but I will. Uh, maybe I'll start the uh, top five. Sounds good. All right, everybody. We're gonna uh, phase out of this deep talk, <laughs> deep talk. And what time is it? Let me just look at my. Oh my gosh. Yes. Let's 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 go on to top five. I'm sorry we had to break off there. We, you know, it'll come up again, everyone. It'll come up again. I felt like we were sort of spinning. So um, let me just open my, I emailed myself the top five information. So let me just go there. Top five. So everyone, this is a top five songs about real people or using real people's names. So, um, so the idea of this is that the song has to mention a real person and it could be historical, obviously, or, you know, like artist, actor, whatever, it doesn't matter, but it has to use their whole name. And not just like their first name or last name. It has to use their whole name. And it has to... It doesn't have to deal with them, though. Like, it can just be kind of using their name as a jumping off point. All right. So um, so let's start. Our first song is um, by a singer named Garland Jeffries, who was a, a New Yorker, a New Yorker by trade. And um, he was kind of a 60s dude, um, was a friend of Lou Reed before Lou Reed started The Velvet Underground, and later on played with uh, with John Cale on John Cale's first solo album, Vintage Violence, and then later on formed a group called Grinder Switch. I like the name. Grinder Switch, which was weird because there was another Southern rock band called Grinder Switch. And so I, I thought, where did this name come from? I looked it up. It's an actual location somewhere in, in, in the south, and all it is is just a place where there's a, a railroad switch, a switching station oh, okay. called Grinder Switch. I'm sure it's also part of Grinder. There's probably a subcategory that's for switches. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I would be shocked if there wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So this is uh, Garland Jeffries from his first solo album from 1973. And the song is called Lon Chaney. So let's give it a listen. Dagger in the black man's crutch. 
now's the time to come out from your tomb. You look so sad with a face of stone. With a hunchback's eye, you live. Old Long Cheney with a velvet touch, a gypsy woman that you love so much. Say goodbye. And we're back. Lon Chaney, man of a thousand notes. Am I right? <laughs> I'm going to pretend I've heard these songs. Yes. I sent these to Ian on Sunday, but uh, he did not have time. I to, did uh, not. Uh, some stuff came up and I apologize. For that's that. all right. That's all right. All right. Uh, as I said to you the first time, you can listen to them or not listen to them. It's up to you. I would prefer to listen to them and I will enjoy listening to them afterwards. Uh, I liked New Yorker by trade. <laughs> Thank I'm you. a professional New Yorker <laughs> here. New Yorker. Hey, over here. Garland Jeffries. I'm going to make a career. He actually had a long, long career, actually. Oh, but uh, I really enjoyed that song, which is funny, though, is that I didn't actually hear the song by him first. I heard it by a group whose name I'm going to forget now. I've forgotten it. I don't know why. It's gone right over my head. I saw them play live one time. And the reason Tinder I went... Tinder Dominatrix. The time I went and saw Tinder Dominatrix play was because Michael Hurley was opening Vetiver. That's the name of the band, Vetiver. 
They're like kind of like a new NU folk band. Okay. I went and saw them play live because Michael Hurley was opening for them. And I'd never seen Michael Hurley, and I always wanted to see Michael Hurley. And so I went and saw him open for them, and believe me, cool. it did not disappoint. Oh, nice. Uh, he was really good. Anyways, that, I first heard them play this song. They did like a, a, one of the sort of Our Favorite Records records, where you like sing songs that are you love. Uh, and one of the songs was Lon Chaney by Garland Jeffries. But, uh, but this is the, this is the definitive, definitive version by the person himself. Which, say, having said that, the next song is not the definitive person. Oh. Uh, everyone probably knows this song by David Bowie. Uh, it's from Hunky Dory. Okay. It's kind of his first album that sort of started to break him as a star. Uh, there's a song in there called Andy Warhol, mm. which I really like. I like a lot. But I recently picked up a collection called Peephole in My Brain, <laughs> the progressive pop sounds of 1971 that came out last year. It's a really great series um, from Grapefruit Records. They do these three-disc sets. They started, started, I think, in 1966. And every year they pick like a bunch of like oddball singles and stuff like that that maybe people haven't heard before that kind of are representative of that time. And so I've slowly collected them all the way up to this one, 71. I really enjoy them. So this is, um, this is a, a lady named Dana Gillespie, who was a friend of David Bowie's. They actually were oh, okay. boyfriend-girlfriend for a while. By this point, they weren't. But she had been signed to Main Man Management, which was Bowie's manager's uh, management company, Tony DeVries. De and so he had sa- signed Dana Gillespie, and so she was doing a, a record, and so David Bowie um, wrote this song kind of for her and gave it to her. And so it features him on 12-string guitars and singing backup vocals, but also figured features a bunch of guys who had become the Spiders from Mars. Oh, okay. So it has Mick Ronson on it. It has Woody Woodmansey, Trevor Boulder, as well as Rick Wakeman, who played piano all over Hunky Dory. And so they recorded this song, and then David Boyd decided, oh, I like this song too much. I'm going to take it from my album, and you can't use it. So he took it away from her, and so it was never released. And so most people how never... Did, how did you get it? Like I say, it's on this uh, collection okay, right, of... Yeah. Uh, uh, stuff so yeah it's just on there as because uh, they'll often put stuff that you maybe not will not have heard yeah. before it might be just be like a a single like something that was recorded but never released at the time it's kind of fun about the series so anyway this is dana gillespie with andy warhol from uh, this collection so let's give it a listen Pleasant cruise 
there we go. That was uh, Dana Gillespie uh, rocking away there. Very much not in her normal oeuvre, oeuvre her usual style. She, uh, she's much more kind of folky and a singer and less of a rockin' singer. But it's fun. It's got a different. and uh, find. Hardly anyone's heard this version. So there you go. I thought I'd, thought I'd put it in there. All right. Song number three is by a band that I love, Prefab Sprout, mm-hmm. that um, I was a big fan of in the 80s. And here in North America, not many people were. They were much more popular in England. Like, so popular, there's even, like, that episode of Spaced where Space, they that's used, where I used the song. Yeah, yeah. King like, of Rock and King Roll. King of Rock and Roll, exactly. But that's from their third album. This is from their second album, um, which is Steve McQueen, which is not enough to get this mentioned because it's, it's just a mention on the yeah. cover. It's not – and, in fact, in, in North America, it was called Two Wheels Good because they, oh. they were afraid the Steve McQueen uh, estate would have something to say about it. It's okay if it's in England. No one cares about what's happening there. But in America, look out. So uh, they did a, the opening song on the album is called Farron Young, who was a country singer, did the song Hello Walls. Uh, okay. Later on, uh, was actually very, um, I guess his lasting legacy is that Frida's cat in Peanuts was named Farron after the singer Farron Young. Oh, interesting. Mentioned very rarely uh, in, yeah. in the strip, but Schultz was a big... he hated drawing cats. Well, Schultz was a fan of Farron Young, and maybe he kind of dropped it because Farron Young later had like a lot of drinking problems mm. and and, and uh, like fired a, a gun through the roof of his house and stuff like that, you know, when he's in a fight with his wife and just things like that that you do when you're a drunken uh, country singer, I guess. Uh, but anyway, so one day, um, Patty McAloon, the lead singer, lead songwriter of... Prefab Sprout, this was during the original days of the group with their original drummer, Michael Salmon. I guess he said to this guy, um, you know, I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to write a song based on the word you're going to tell me. <laughs> and so uh, Michael Salmon said, antiques. And so when you hear the song, the very first word of the song is antiques. And that's why. <laughs> so here we go. There, and this is Fair and Young from uh, their album, Steve McQueen from 1985.
and we're back. So that way, <laughs> so that uh, I assume it was good. It, well, you know, I think it's good. Oh, I, think I feel like such a fraud. I love, I love the first side of that album. I love the first side of Steve McQueen. I find the second side is a little too. It gets a little too uh, like the songs are a little too airy and kind of all over the place and kind of longer and stretched out and they don't feel quite as concise as the the songs on the first side. And even even Patty McAloon feels that way. Like he didn't. He didn't um, track the album. It was actually produced by Thomas Dolby. Okay. And he just like gave him like 40 songs. And he said, you pick what you want to produce. Like whatever you think <laughs> you'll want to work on, you can you can choose those. And so uh, Thomas Dolby put together his own like oh, cool. track listing. And, and Patty McAloon was like, if that's what you want to do, okay. If you think that those songs should all go together like that, it feels, feels like you're going to have kind of like a long side that doesn't really go anywhere. But okay. <laughs> all right, everyone. So uh, let's get jazzy. All right. We've had some rock. We've had skip, some 80s. Skip it up. Bap, 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 bap. This is Blossom Deary. Yep. Who Ian loves. Doesn't know he loves her. But he loves her because she sings figure eight in Schoolhouse oh, Rock. I do love her then. Okay. Right. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah. She fits into that weird thing when you're, uh, along with Bob Duro, who was a friend of, of uh, Blossom Deary, another jazz singer, who produced and wrote a lot of the, and sang on a lot of the Schoolhouse Rock stuff. It's just one of those weird child, childhood things where you love something, but you don't know any of the people that are involved with it. And then later in life, you like discover them in a different context, right? Yeah. Like I discovered Blossom Deary through a friend who recommended her, and I bought her first uh, collection on Verve Records, a collection of stuff. And I was like, oh, I love her. I love her singing. And then I, real, and then I learned, oh, wait, she sang Figure Eight because she was friends with Bob Duro. Oh, that's this cool. guy who produced the Holy Motor Rounders and also did like work with that Miles Davis and did all this great jazz stuff. And, and now yeah, it's just one of those things where your life is like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, so yeah, this song is called Dusty Springfield, which um, she was living in England at the time. And she wrote, wrote with this guy um, whose name was Jim Council, who was an American who had married a British woman while he was living in New York mm. after he got fired for being a teacher because he did a kind of small protest against the the atomic testing or the he atomic bomb stuff. from being a teacher, right? Yeah. Okay, be, I thought you said so he was a, being a teacher. No, no, he was a teacher in New York and they were doing like the, you know, like the uh, the the nu- nuclear attack warning thing where the kids crawl under their desk. Right. And he thought, this is so stupid. Like, this is not going to save anyone's life. So he just went to the library and was sitting there reading in the library during it. It's sort of like a mild protest. But he got fired for it okay. because he disobeyed the order to crawl under his desk. <laughs> and so uh, I guess this dancer heard about it and they kind of met in some way. And then they became an item. And then they, they fell in love and married and they moved to England. And so he was living in England, working at Oxford. And this woman was friends with Blossom Deary. And so they, she kind of got them together. And so he wrote a bunch of lyrics for this album. It's the only one he ever did. And so he just, you know, and so they wrote this one song together called Dusty Springfield, which strangely is also credited to a singer named Norman, Norma Tanaga, who was an American singer as well. She was, I think, Latino, mixed Latino Filipino descent. Okay. And she'd had a kind of minor hits in the folk world and then become like a songwriter. And she was actually, um, Dusty Springfield's girlfriend. And so they fig- so this woman says, I don't know how her name got on it, but what I figure is they had to give her a credit in order to be able- allowed to use Dusty Springfield's name for the song. Oh, okay. So it was a bit of a, you know, well, if you put Norma's name on it, then I'll let you use it as a song. So, cause she goes, cause any other way, she had nothing to do with it at all. Like she wasn't there for them. They wrote it. She had nothing, they didn't even know her. So I guess it was just some minor payola just to get the grease the Neat. wheels. So they're going to yeah. play the song. So this is Dusty Springfield from Blossom Deary's 1970 album. Um, that's just the way I want to, it's called. Oh, sorry, that's just the way I want to be. So let's, um, let's give a listen to Dusty Springfield. All right. 
Dusty Springfield. That's a pretty name. It even sounds like a game. In a green field, hobby horses play the dusty game when it's May. Pink and paisley skies, shining in green eyes, a magic pinwheel. London flowers fair, blooming in her hair. Dusty Springfield, silver stars shine over crystal waters. Petals fall from her glance. Flowers sparkle with the dew of morning. Feathers float from her dance. Suddenly, the song's the thing. Fill your cup. Come to the spring, and you'll stand so still. And you feel the thrill, dusty Springfield. That's a pretty name, pretty as a pearl. What a pretty girl! All right, and we're well, back. There you again. go. There we go, Ian. I mean that that. <laughs> Was both expected and unexpected. Well, because it's not so many really, hidden swear words. Isn't, it's not really about Dusty Springfield. It's more like a word poem based around the sound of her name. Like it makes you think of a field, makes you think of this, makes you you know. It's sort of a fun, kind of a more about thought association than strictly about Dusty Springfield. I had some friends who wrote a song like that about Raydong Chong. And really, just, and that was all the lyrics were Raydong Chong, oh. Raydong Chong, and it's it's a good song actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? Could I hear that song? Yeah, you could if I find it. Yes. Oh, okay. And I'll I'll try and find it for you. That'd be really cool. All right, so let's let's finish this. Oh, let's wrap it up. And I really wish you would really wish you'd listen to this song because oh, I think it. you would have liked it. This song is called Sigourney Weaver. I still might listen to it. <laughs> all right, all right. So this is John Grant. No, is, is this uh, Sigourney Weaver? Am I am I am I Ghostbusters era Sigourney Weaver? Am I Alien era? This Sigourney is Alien. Weaver? This is. Am I Annie Hall uh, Sigourney this Weaver? Is Sigourney Weaver. Am he mentions I... her in Aliens, so this is uh, Alien. Okay. Uh, so this is John Grant uh, from his fantastic album from 2010, uh, Queen of Denmark, which. I have to say, it's my favorite album by him because it's his most like straight instrument album. He recorded it with this band from Texas called Midlake, who I also love a lot. And so uh, it's just, like his other album, Pale Green Ghost, for instance, is like electronica. And even though there's a song in there called Ernest Borgnine, which I would love to play, <laughs> I don't like it. So I can't put it in my top five because like, yeah. it's just too electronica. And I'm not really an electronica guy. But I love this album, which is John Grant with, with Midlake and a guy playing the... Uh, the bass clarinet so it's like a great album cool uh so this is uh sigourney weaver from from that album let's let's give it a listen everybody this is john grant There was evil in my bones 
I tried to speak but found that I didn't have a voice It was a prison like the one you would find in the twilight zone And I feel just like Sigourney Weaver When she had to kill those aliens And one guy tried to get them back to the Actually, try to listen. Like, like <laughs> I, I, I'm just so set and, and like, uh, yeah, like yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, I can't hear it right. Yeah, now. you can't hear it. I had my chance. So that was uh, that was Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, like John Grant was um, had kind of a a tough life. He was uh, oh. he was gay, gay mm-hmm. child living with very 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 Christian parents. And when I say very very Christian parents, what I mean is intolerant jerks. Yeah, as opposed to actually Christian. Um, but yeah, so he grew up in this world that hated him. And who he was and what he was. And so he had a hard time, you know, not internalizing all that dis- hatred for yourself into who you are. Yeah. And he had a lot of um, drink and drug problems, you know, was addicted to cocaine and, and, and had a lot of unhealthy sex, you know, not, not good relationships and stuff like that, a, a lot of drinking. And he had been in a group called the Czars and they kind of like didn't really make it, not even like to cult level making it. This were like never. And so he, by that point, he was, uh, he speaks like three languages mm. and he was working as a Russian interpreter f- at a hospital in New York City. That was his job. 
and he was no longer making music. But Midlake, the guys in Midlake, loved him so much and knew that he was writing, like, so were friends with him. Cause it, and so they were like, you got to do these songs. You, you know, you can't not record these songs. So you're going to come down to our studio. They had, a, they had their own studio in Denton, Texas. They said, you're going to come down here and you're going to record these songs. We're going to play, we're going to back here. We're going to produce you and we're going to make, get this album out. So they, so they did. And it's, it's a great album. I really highly recommend it. So there you go, everyone. That's top five songs about real people. Or Hooray. mentioning real people. Yep. And uh, have you ever had a song written about you with your I, name? I have not. Well, well, not too late. It's not too late. Someone out there, write that song. Write, write the David Dedrick song. That's a good <laughs> name, right? David Dedrick. Uh, or or could be Dave Dedrick. Could be. However, however, however it flows you best, choose. I guess. However it flows. You choose. Me, they think I was the guy from uh, the Thor movie, I yeah, think. It's natural. He's yeah. very famous. Also, it's just like uh, singing the word Boothby. Eh, it doesn't sing well. Dedrick, though. It's a good hard sound. <laughs> I don't know. I never liked my name, so I'm glad yeah. that you're okay, complimenting it. All right. I'm going to go over to uh, the mailbag. Mail Which bag. is the opposite of the fail bag. Sometimes we go to the mm. fail bag, and we just pick it, and all the letters drop on the floor and land in some mud. <laughs> and we're like, oh, no. Can't read those. And that's a fail bag. That but we a, can read the mailbag. That is a true failure. So last week, we asked a couple of questions. One question was... What was something you'd recommend but can't explain for fear of spoiling it? Mm. And uh, my answer was the Bible. <laughs> don't say what happens. So many people know what happens and yeah. they don't enjoy it. But like, there's lots of twists. Um, and then also tell us about a family meal that didn't go so well. So there mm. we are. Mm. All right. So here's uh, who we heard from first was... Uh, oh, this was, uh, this was in response uh, to uh, your apology to uh, Nina Matsumoto. Mm. Uh, who uh, showed us the movie One Cut of the Dead. Yes. Uh, and you beforehand you went like, Ugh, no, bleh, I don't like it. <laughs> and then you were like a kid in, in any of those uh, commercials where it's like you were Mikey. It was just like, he won't eat it, he hates everything. And then you're like, I like it. Yeah. Uh, so she says, regarding One Cut of the Dead, you're welcome. Hopefully this makes up for me making you do a fansplainers on the Emoji movie. <laughs> It does. You know what? We could have just, for fansplainers, just put the emer- emoji for shit up and just gone <laughs> done, walked away. But no, I think we spent a couple hours on no, that. No, we did. We spent a lot of time. Yeah. That's okay. Forgiven. I, I'm forgiving you. Uh, I don't know if Dave is. We'll see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's not. He's not. Jury's out. Jury, jury is out. We'll see. Uh, Matthew Sanborn Smith uh, writes, Dave, I'm sure you know this. Me? But for God in the moment... We're talking about uh, Psycho. Mm. Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho is not an original concept. No, it's true. It's an adaptation of Robert Bloch's novel of the same name. I'm not defending Gus Van Sant, though. The source material didn't come into his remake at all. We really talk a little bit about that. Unless there was a cow in the novel. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, I guess I, I guess I could refine what I said. Just, yeah, I, I did forget that, actually, in the moment. Because I, I guess I could refine to say that, you know, like, it's one thing to do, a, you know, different versions of Pride and Prejudice, but it would be weird to like do a shot for shot remake of the Colin Firth, Jennifer. Yeah, Ely that, one, would right? that would be weird. Yeah. Like do your own interpretation. Like that's, what's fun about the Joe Wright one is that it's its own version of, of Pride and Prejudice. And sure, they all have their strengths and weaknesses, but it's fun to, it's fun to watch it, you know, through someone else's eyes. Yeah. of what's interesting about this story. It does. It feels more like a film school experiment. Mm-hmm. What, what, like, yeah, what, guess, what Van yeah. Sant did. Yeah, yeah. It's just art school. You know, and you fool, just put foolery. it there and, yeah. you know, you have it as an extra feature on a DVD that you do. Yeah. 
Um, we also were talking about the, the mummy, and I was like, how do people get killed in the mummy? So some people responded to that as well. But continuing Matthew's uh, letter, I have seen the 1932 version of the mummy, but it was decades ago, and I've forgotten most of it. The thing that stuck with me because it disturbed the heck out of me was Boris Karloff in ancient Egypt having his tongue cut out and then being buried alive. Anyway, I don't think he was in the was in the classic mummy bandages for most of the movie. <laughs> in the movies, I do remember where mummies kill people. The victims uh, often see the slow-moving mummy coming from several yards away and have plenty of time to run, but they're frozen in fear. Mm. I think uh, the mummy strangles them, but don't hold me to that. Crystal replies, I own a Let me just say before you say that, uh, I just want to thank uh, Matthew for correcting me. I always appreciate it. Not... There you go. Never no, forgiven. The jury's still out. <laughs> the jury's still out, Matthew. For you and Nina. Uh, Crystal uh, says, uh, I own a copy of The Mummy on DVD. Boris Karloff, who's the mummy, takes on the identity of Aretha uh, Bea, or sorry, uh, Ardeth, because uh, she corrects that later on, uh, modern-day uh, Bea, uh, modern Egyptian. He uh, has a magic pool that he can look into and use his thoughts to control or kill people. Mm. Uh, they can either just die or he causes accidents to befall them and bring about their death. And yes, he uses his strength to strangle people. The only way he can be defeated in the 1932 version is when ISIS intercedes. Oh, the terrorist organization? Okay. Intercedes and burns a scroll that gives the mummy life and magical powers. The mummy crumbles to dust. Cool. Uh, I've always been amused that the mummy's hand, 1940, uh, tana leaves can be used to revive or kill the mummy. The tana leaves look like dried whole tea leaves. And I suppose this makes sense as tea is full of tannins. Mm. But it always struck me as funny that they have to brew the mummy some tea to jumpstart him. <laughs> but would the mummy have been more fierce if they just gave him a cup of coffee? Eh, Maybe. Maybe. Cup of Java? What kind? Cup of Joe? Oh, yeah. What cup of coffee with a mummy drink? Yeah, yeah. Oh, let's see. Folgers? Not an, Ameri- not an Americano. Oh, boy. No, not an Americano. Or an espresso? Yeah, there's nothing to do with bandages. <laughs> oh, boy. I should have thought about this joke. <laughs> Oh, that's disappointing. Oh, well, I'll t- we'll try and think of a funny answer for that. I don't know if I can forgive you. That's right. Uh, so Jonathan uh, Bampton uh, uh, writes, uh, that excited for- Dave that I mentioned Jonathan yeah. Bampton's name. Two-time winner, etc. Um, what is something uh, you'd recommend but can't explain for fear of spoiling it? Why, Sneaky Dragon itself. Oh. We've been hoisted on our own petard. <laughs> uh, when podcast-hesitant friends ask for my recommendations, I always... Prefer up your merry show. I'm then called upon to explain the show's remit, but I'm usually at a loss getting uh, how awesome Sneaky Dragon is. I normally get tongue-tied and blurt out something like, it's like other funny and personable podcasts with guest hosts, but somehow, great hosts, but somehow better. Hmm, doesn't sound good. I don't want to <laughs> listen to that. I've reached for your own tag, pop culture improv sometimes, but it's much more than that in it. Uh, I once said it's a show about nothing and realized the Seinfeld illusion said, except they're funny and not sociopaths. <laughs> and we don't de- teenagers, unless, of course, we were teenagers at the time. Um, and even then, rarely. Yeah, barely, barely. <laughs> I, I work uh, with a Manitoban of some description, mm-hmm. and only last week his response was, so it's just Canadians being Canadians? He was uh, called off to see a client, and I haven't seen him since uh, to hallucinate. I like that was the last thing he said. Uh, it's ple- so pleasurable to say Manitoban isn't in it. <laughs> I love to say data. Keep sneaking. John, nice. never again winner, etc. <laughs> nice uh, Beach Boys reference there at the end. Ah, so that's what it was. Okay, love to say good. data, yeah. Still trying to think of the mummy. What mum? What the mummy drink? God damn. 
Okay. Uh, Boris Karloff. Nah, I got nothing. Uh, Lisa. You know Lisa. I did that very well. Yeah. Biblically, some might This say. might tie into earlier things we discussed. Uh-huh. We'll see. A family meal that didn't go well for us. Well, I'm hoping nothing will ever top the Christmas of 2018. Mm. After we got married, our dueling moms had compromised on a schedule where we would alternate between families for Christmas. Dave's mom has always been a prickly character, but in the past, she would typically put that aside for Christmas. However, I'm thinking it was the death of her own mother that kind of threw that out of whack because on 2016, she was no longer talking to her sister and was trying to have a prolonged mad-on towards Dave. However, Dave, being Dave, he just blithely carried on with the program regardless. Uh, when we showed up for Christmas dinner 2016, we were admitted, uh, admittedly a little later than we had planned to be, but as we walked through the doors, we were met with an absolute barrage from Dave's mom. You're late. Why so late? We're about to eat without you, and so on. I felt bad, but then looking at my watch, realized it was just after four. Dinner was not, in fact, ready, and we weren't. Uh, we were actually the first guests to arrive. I thought it was kind of weird at the time, but didn't give it a lot of thought until two years later. Hmm. This is like a podcast. <laughs> it actually is a podcast. Forget that uh, one you're going to do. Do do one about dinners. <laughs> Christmas 2018. Dinner mysteries. In uh, talking to miseries. Uh, in talking to his mom a couple of times before Christmas, Dave had mentioned us coming over for Christmas dinner, and Dave's mom's response was. Oh, you're coming for dinner, are you? She said sarcastically. It was not part of uh, the conversation, but I know she was trying to deliberately uh, be off-putting. But that's not unusual for her. Uh, on Christmas again, uh, we walked a little. Uh, we we walked in a little later than planned. This time, just after four thirty. But dinner typically is at six. We find the family already in the dining room, just having started eating. There are no places set for us. What would you say to something like that? Obviously, in 2016, uh, we were hearing the script she had convinced herself was going to play out, but her timing didn't uh, play out for her in such a way for the plan to come to fruition. By 2018, she got her timing right, so we would indeed be late. One thing I, I have to say is, no more Christmas for us over there. <laughs> Save your psychodramas for someone more deserving is my recommendation. We'll happily stay at home henceforth. Henceforth. Oh, some legalism, legalisms at the end there. Um, that was a flashback to a previous episode where we did talk a little bit. We about did talk that. about that. And I, I don't want to, uh, naysay my wife, but I have a feeling we'll be eating there again one day because you can't, you can't not eat at your mom and dad's. Like you just can't not go to your mom and dad's. That's just. Okay. Shrug. Like what else can you do? They're your mom and dad. For good or ill, they're your mom and dad. Talking to someone who's estranged from his mom. So I think you can. Uh, Louise <laughs> replies to us and responds. And it's always nice to hear from Louise. I remember one family meal where an in-law aired a decade-old grievance. This sounds familiar. At the dinner table to try to shame my relative in front of the extended family. After that, I absolved myself of having to get along with them. There are mm. some people you'll never be friends with if you met them under any circumstance, other circumstances. It's unfortunate if they are or become part of your family. There's something Jane Austen writes uh, about in her novels, which is another reason her writing still resonates with readers today. Th- that's something Jane Austen writes about in her novels, which is another reason uh, her writing <laughs> still resonates with readers today. Yes. I enjoyed Mayim Bialik's uh, run uh, this fall as a temporary Jeopardy host. She's not a typical uh, game show host. Ken Jennings has tagged back in. He's improved since the last time he hosted. But my favorite uh, of all the fill-ins was Buzzy Cohen, (laughs) who hosted a tournament of champions last spring. 
He's probably too smart to, uh, to want to take on the job permanently. But what a motley crew of guest hosts they've had at the podium, including <laughs> alleged snake oil peddler Dr. Oz. Alleged. A non-vaccinated Aaron Rodgers. And that smug executive producer who had the host job, then lost it for making the rookie era of recording himself be a jerk on a podcast. <laughs> I make that mistake every week. There you are. Yep, you're not hosting Jeopardy. No. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> not a chance. Wheel of Fortune, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Pat Sajak's done a lot of dumb shit. He's yeah, fine. Possible. Yeah, and they're cool with that. Um, I think uh, Ken Jennings, I believe that he was uh, kind of side sideswiped or whatever when he uh, he was... Like they kind of they kind of did it without much warning for him, so he didn't get a chance to uh, prepare himself for the show. So, oh, okay. Yeah, I think that was intentionally done because I think that that Mike, whatever his name, Mike Richards, yeah, wanted the job, so he was uh, he was sabotaging some of the people. So good job, Dingus. <laughs> you did did what a great job. Then you sabotage yourself. Speaking of podcasts, thanks for mentioning uh, Kumail Nanji's X Files podcast that Dean Hagland guested on. I gave it a listen, and it took me right back to the days when the X Files was filming in Vancouver. And it was so cool to see your friends, colleagues, and my cousin showing up on it. As Dean mentioned in the episode, uh, that was happening at the same time that improv was really taking off in the city. The two worlds collided one holiday season with that jolly improvised parody, The Xmas Files. <laughs> I, 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 was, I was the creator of that show. You created that show? I created that show, yeah. Oh. Yeah. It almost worked out. It worked out, it worked out okay. It worked out fine. It's fine. What do you mean? Didn't do well? Well... I, I, I did a more complicated uh, plot mm. uh, than uh, some of the improvisers were down with, and so it got <laughs> simplified. Oh, uh, dear. Um, Edward uh, Dragansky. Oh, are we at the end? Because usually Edward's at the end, but mm. we'll see. You can't spell end without Edward Dragansky. Actually, you can't spell end, can you? Oh, you can. Yes, you can. You're fine. Yes. Can't spell end without Edward Dragansky. Uh, what is something you'd recommend but can't explain for fear of spoiling it? Movies with a twist ending. I usually tell anyone who I re recommend it to, just see it and we'll talk afterwards. <laughs> I'm still trying to get my wife to, wa to watch Inglorious Bastards to the very end with me, along with other twisty films like The Village or Fight Club. Hmm. Uh, tell us about a family meal that didn't go so well. Well, we're poised and ready to host Thanksgiving at my house this year with a total of 13 mouths to feed, hmm. so this question might be a bit premature. Stay tuned. <laughs> the first Thanksgiving after my father-in-law's passing in 2015 was painful. Uh, we were at a restaurant and uh, didn't have it in us to fix a big Thanksgiving meal with, with him gone. My mom, who suffers greatly from foot-in-mouth disease, couldn't stop talking about how many uh, friends of hers had died that year right in front of my mother-in-law. I honestly don't know if my mom realizes she's doing this, but I'm bracing myself for whatever spills out of her this year. It could be anything. <laughs> and all this mummy talk reminds mm. me of a scene uh, from the 1994 film Jimmy Hollywood. Christian Slater plays a kind of dimwit and expresses his fear of the mummy to Joe Pesci. I wish I could find the clip, but it's basically Pesci explaining in great detail to Slater how difficult it would be for a mummy to buy an airline ticket in Egypt and fly all the way to Hollywood. Find Slater just to scare him. How would a mummy drive a car from LAX? How would he pay for a taxi? Does a mummy carry American money? He would have to exchange an, uh, the American currency, Egyptian currency for American cash when he arrived in Hollywood. It's all the kind of stuff that eventually eases Slater's character from fearing the mummy. I guess the same could go for any famous monster, but in this film, it's the mummy. Huh. I would like to then see him killed by the mummy in that film. I don't know how it goes. <laughs> but it's just like, and then Slater turns him, how? And he goes, 
Boat. Ah, boat! Of course. Why, got my boat. Can it just be like a model of the mummy falls on him and kills him? He has a very model of a mummy that he falls on him. But what coffee is he drinking? He's a very model of a coffee drinking mummy. Starbucks. Coffee drinking mummy, uh, man. Seattle's best coffee. God damn it. Something. There's something out there. Anyway. Uh, and a nice compliment. Crystal, your son is outstanding in his John Deere Halloween tractor, which uh, with a picture up of uh, there, complete with his uh, John Deere cap. I saw another kiddo who had an X-Wing built around his wheelchair in much the same way. He completed it with an X-Wing flight helmet and an orange flight suit. Have a grand week, everyone! <laughs> we shall, Edward. Thank you. Uh, and uh, and Crystal re- replies, uh, Thanks, Ed. My husband says uh, I have to try and outdo the tractor next year. He has suggested I make a tank next year <laughs> so our boy can be a soldier like him. Another friend suggested I turn his chair into half a Dalek. I have a few ideas myself, too. At least I have a year instead of a week to come up with something fun. I've been told that Target sells costumes for children in wheelchairs, but they're kind of expensive, and the closest Target is an hour and a half drive away. If I don't count uh, my time invested, the tractor uh, costs less than $10 in materials. Wow, that is reasonable for a very good costume. Yeah. Yeah, we've, we, yeah I'm trying to think. A while, a while back, P and I were asked by um, a fellow who came to us at a Comic-Con who was in a wheelchair for ideas for uh, costumes. We went through we went through a couple of them. I think he may have eventually gone as uh, Oracle from uh, from uh, Batman. Uh, cool. uh, Crystal goes on to say, I Care A Lot, starring uh, Rosamund Pike and Peter Dinklage, is a movie that is difficult to explain without ruining the plot and the huge twist at the end. I think that's on Prime. Yeah. Uh, it's a part doc, uh, dark comedy, part thriller, and it keeps you on the edge of your sh- sh- seat. It's streaming on Netflix if someone hasn't watched it already. I think it's on Prime. It's on Prime, though. It's on Netflix, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have a handy holiday cooking tip for everyone. Here we go. All right. Never use a slightly damp wood cutting board as a trivet. Is that how you say? Trivet. You want to say trivet? Oh, trivet sounds so fancier, but okay, trivet. (laughs) I have witnessed a Thanksgiving dinner accident of epic proportions and learned this valuable lesson once uh, when I was uh, helping my mother prepare dinner. One year, she pulled uh, the cornbread dressing from the oven and sat it down on her cutting board. She had done this many, many times, only this year. The board was slightly damp from having been washed, but not wet enough for either of us to have thought about putting a potholder on the board. As soon as the hot glass dish met the tiniest drop of moisture on the board, we heard a loud pop and the dish exploded into a hundred tiny shards. Projectile dressing... And glass went everywhere, the floor, under the fridge. Ugh, what a mess. Cleanup was panicked, but lucky for us, my mother had some uh, extra uncooked dressing in the fridge. Oh, you, uh, dinner... you didn't just, like, pick all the pieces of glass out of the, the stuffing? Yeah, that's fun. Kids yeah. like doing that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Whoever gets the most glass shards wins. <laughs> pick them as fast as possible, kids. Uh, dinner ran late uh, due to us having to cook more dressing, but we never made this mistake again. Good safety tip. Oh, yeah, and, I, and I'm, I'm getting my correction corrected. Ian, I did mean to say trick or trunk. Ah, uh-huh. Okay. Some people also call them trunk or treats. I'll <laughs> explain just in case some listeners are unfamiliar with them. Yeah, or us. me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like... <laughs> Out here in the country where people live too far apart for kids to go trick or treating to a house, a lot of churches, schools, or other groups host trick or trunks. This is where people bag vehicles into a parking lot. They open their trunks. Decorate them with Halloween directions and fill them with buckets decorations. of candy. Decorations. What did I say? Directions. Did I say directions? You did. Holy moly. 
Halloween decorations and fill them with buckets of candy. They also usually dress in a costume. The kids then get to go from car to car saying, saying trick-or-treat and collecting candy. It's just a nice way for kids who do not live in city neighborhoods to experience, and collect, to experience collecting candy. Have a great week. That's, that's really cool. Uh-huh. I mean, I would just like drive them to the closest townhouse complex and just take advantage of those people, but that's fine. Because you get lots, you get like a couple of hundred units, zip through there. I would say uh, have the kids just wander at the side of the road and then just have cars whip by and just throw candy at the kids. <laughs> Whatever kids can catch them, get, they get the candy. That's mean. Yeah. Uh, uh, Nigel uh, Gregoire uh, says, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing your name. I haven't wrong, heard from Nigel for a while. Hello, 16. Nigel. Thousand times. I'm sorry, I've always pronounced your last name probably wrong. <laughs> Hello. To answer the question, what is something you'd recommend but can't explain for fear of spoiling it? My first impulse is it should be able to. You should be able to enjoy something even if you already know the spoilers. Hmm. For example, I was spoiled for the big twist ending of season one of The Good Place, but it was still an experience getting there. Actually, knowing uh, that it uh, wasn't all it seemed. Helped me get through some of the cringier bits early on uh, because I knew it wasn't uh, all the show was going to do. If you want a fun clip online, maybe you've seen this already, uh, Nigel. There's a clip of the cast learning the twist. Oh, really? Yeah, and, and they're all, ah! They're all pleasantly surprised. <laughs> then Wait, it hit When me. did they learn this? What's that? When did they learn it? When they got the scripts for that episode. Oh, really? Yeah, they didn't know, they didn't know the twisteroo. And that's all them, like, you know, being told the twisteroo and they're, <gasps> I think the lead, I think the lead, Kristen Stewart, Kristen, Kristen no, Bell, Kristen, Kristen Bell, Bell. Uh, she gave my wife an award once. Uh, she knew, but I think the others didn't. And so it was delightful seeing their faces. Hmm. Then it hit me. Frog Fractions. It was a browser game from ye olden times. You can play as a frog. If I remember correctly, you eat flies to get fractions. Eventually, you realize you can, spoilers. And then it becomes spoilers, and now a horrible paragraph of spoilers. It only takes a few hours to finish, although I had to consult a walkthrough. You can still find it online, and he puts a link up to it. But it's still uh, easier to grab it on stream or Steam for free. So the game, again, is Frog Fractions. Wow. Frog Fractions. And an impressive use of some HTML coding there to uh, put in the uh, links. Good job. Woo! Because you can do that. When you write right in, you can you can put an oh, HTML nice. code to uh, do little things like that if you want. Nice, and it's uh, Frog Fractions. Yeah, the game of the decade edition. The game of the decade. Which decade, though? Oh yeah. Well, there you go. My question. Interesting. Okay. Well, I do want to try playing that, so I probably will. Uh, is that the final letter from Nigel? That is the final web message we got Gregoire, from last week. I think his name is pronounced Gregoire. Oh, okay. Very good. Nigel Gregoire. Excellent. Okay. Uh, do we have any emails, David? We do have emails. Okay, good. Oh, did you want me to read them? First, read all the, the letters we got on our <laughs> Tumblr account. <laughs> all right, everyone. We we got a bumper crop of emails this week. So oh, okay. Thank well, you then for uh, stop po- podcasting yourself then. Did you read? They call them bumpers over there. That's their fans. Did you read um, Laurel's uh, comment on the website? There? Let me see. Did that just come in? No, I thought I thought she wrote a comment. Maybe she wrote it on the week before. Uh, let me see, uh, Dave. Wait, wait a second. Maybe it might be on uh, five seventeen. I think Laurel made or a comment where uh, she was saying to uh, Crystal that it, that uh, what she said was a funny image in her mind. So thanks for that. that oh, oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, it was just a real fast. Oh, comment, okay, so yeah, I, I missed. Uh, I missed. Okay, 
All right. So uh, this is from Brent Tannehill. Good. Uh, subject, ditherings. <laughs> I like it. So this is uh, Brent's ditherings. He says, hey, sneakeroos. Nothing makes me feel more like a ghost than when the podcasters ask a question and I yell helplessly into the void. Here's some of what I've been yelling. <laughs> a few episodes ago, you talked about city storm drains and sewer systems. And let me just say, we talked about that from a vast uh, place of, of uh, ignorance. But anyway, I spent a lot of my teenage years underground in the storm drains of Southern California. As you would imagine, they start out small and get bigger and bigger as the creeks combine into rivers. The smaller ones were big enough to walk or ride your bike as long as you were bent over a bit. They were generally pretty clean, too. From time to time, you could climb up a ladder and look into a curb drain and get your bearings. As you went, or lure kids towards you, with mm-hmm. your balloon. <laughs> as you went downstream, they eventually turned into a wash, a large concrete-sided river, or an enclosed wash. This is where you'd find the rats and other disgusting things. Last week's show, you talked about mechanical bears. Yes. Around here, the Fish and Wildlife Department has a few mechanical deer that they use to trap illegal hunters. (laughs) A friend of mine almost shot one once. In the evenings, it's illegal to shoot deer here in Washington Washington State. That's right. It's unfair to deer to shoot at night because they can't see you. And they put out a few mechanical deer at dusk to entice hunters. The Fish and Wildlife Department here gets most of their funding through fines and the sale of tags. Hmm. So when you hear, ta-tang, you know it's not a deer, right? (laughs) And you're in big trouble. Hmm. Regarding Jeopardy, you are exactly right about how to beat the system. The daily doubles are almost always in certain spaces. If you get one early in the game, bet a lot, and you'll be able to wager more in the next ones. Mm -hmm. Also, a lot of the skill is the timing of the buzzer. There is a great Planet Money episode describing all of this. It's episode number 912, How Uncle Jamie Broke Jeopardy. Thanks for the great shows, Brent. Well, you're welcome, I Brent. Do, I do like Planet Money. Let me, I'll write that down. All right. Okay. I, like, I like that you said thanks for all the great shows, not just one show, mm. which really confused us last time. So <laughs> thank you for being less specific. We have a, a letter from Laurel. That's why it reminded me about Laurel's comment. I see. And she says, some comments. Oh. Greetings, David, who will be reading this, Ian, and fellow sneakers. Great show, as always. Hey, that's another one of those. There we you go. Know, these nice. emails are really paying off. <laughs> they really are. But my comments this week mostly pertain to previous episodes. Uh-oh. First, I really enjoyed all the Wes Anderson conversation in episode 517. There are many of his movies I adore. And always, especially Darjeeling Limited, which topped my 10 favorite movies list when we all did that dot, dot, dot last year. It's <laughs> a good question. I don't even remember doing I it. I don't know either. <laughs> and still does. David, you made a comment about there being joy in Wes Anderson's films, and that is exactly right. So much color and quirkiness and fun and joy. I was, well, was going to say that. It's funny that you said that. Laurel, because I was thinking when Jonathan was talking about how hard it was to describe the show, show, I was thinking, just add that, you know, all those things you say and just say, filled with joy. That's our show. I got uh, in a heated thing, not on my side of things, but by uh, another guy uh, who's uh, an improviser and uh, TV personality who hated uh, the French Dispatch. Oh, really? Well, and just wouldn't go on, uh, you know, wouldn't uh, take anything positive about it. Just, <laughs> it's a big bowl of shit. Uh, you know, well, congratulations on, you know, feeling smart for two hours and all this. It was really mean. To the point where uh, people went, hey, that was a bit mean. And people <laughs> don't do that on Twitter. <laughs> That's pretty true. 
I was already looking forward to seeing the French dispatch and was just grinning ear to ear listening to you all discuss it, especially Ian, the way you were completely enthralled with it and mm-hmm. gushing. Mm-hmm. I checked with our local theaters and they were not going to be showing it. Boo! Ah, that's what I say. So last Sunday afternoon, husband and I drove the hour and 10 minutes to the closest theater that was. It was a grand day for a drive anyway. All fall colors rolling like a kind Aww. of Wes Anderson quilt over the over and across across the brushy mountains. And by the way, I adore the name of those mountains. The brushy mountains. Mm. Like you gentlemen, we adored the French Dispatch. What a crazy, amazing, beautiful joy of a movie. I agree with you, Ian. One needs to see it at least a second time. There are so many details and asides, it's hard to absorb them all in one viewing. Yep, 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 yep. And cheers to Mary and you, David, for the perfect bingo card. The entire card was covered in this one. On a similar note, David, on your say-so and a high recommendation, we also watched all of Midnight Mass. Wow, what a show, eh? With a lot of extraordinary performances by the actors. Hamish Linklater is as great as, sorry, is great as Father Paul. Don't you think? I do think. I thought he was really great in that mm-hmm. role. I thought all the main actors did a fantastic job in that show. Particularly the woman who plays Bev. Oh my gosh. Samantha Stroyan, I think her name is, and she's the super in that role. You really hate her. <laughs> as you as you further said, it's worth it to keep watching past that first episode. Thanks for giving all of your reviews, guys. A Fanswainers episode on their French Dispatch would be cool. Are you planning to do Fanswainers again, or is it just too much? Well, it's up to mm-hmm. Ian. One more thing. A movie remake that I feel wasn't necessary at all was the Johnny Depp version of Willy Wonka. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine anyone topping Gene Wilder ever. I guess Timothy Chalamet is game, is game for trying, though. I will give him a chance because I like him. Getting my booster today. Hooray! Bye all. Have fun times. Laurel R. P.S. to Crystal. Thank you for sharing that lovely pic of your husband and son. What a tractor. And I think you made the right decision leaving the white along the bottom. It really sets off the other colors. And to Louise, thanks for sharing your fun Halloween display. Such a great idea. Bye! Hey. Thank you, Laurel. That that uh, email was full of joy. Mm-hmm. And then we get an email from Chris Roberts, who says, Hi, dragsters. <laughs> as long as we're throwing compliments around. All right. I like where <laughs> this is going. Nice. This is nice. I've been meaning to comment for ages on how great the weekly Ola sneakers blurbs are on the Sneaky Dragon emails and webpage. They're pure, concentrated wordplay and never fail to raise a smile. Or a groan, which in comedy terms is just as, as good. Well, when you're a dad, it is. Am I right, Chris? Um, well, thank you, Chris. I'll take the credit for that since I do write those blurbs. I often try to uh, incorporate little fun fun puns or our song titles. That's my other favorite thing to try and sneak in there. Also, I've taken to starting every day with the latest Mannequin on the Moon cartoon. Aww. They're fabulous. And finally, yes, Crystal's son's Halloween getup was awesome. Lots of love from Diane and me, Chris. Thank Aww. you so much, Chris. Thanks. And uh, I hope I'm not speaking out of turn for Chris, but uh, he's uh, promised us something for Horse Mysteries. So I'm oh. I'm looking forward to this. I won't say what it is yet, but uh, I'm rubbing my hands. I uh, I designed a title card on the weekend, so we're getting closer to be ready to do this show. Nice. So we've recorded an episode. We've got the title card ready. Are you going to introduce yourself as former farrier when you're... <laughs> Because no. then you got the inside uh, inside scoop. I yeah, should. should. I should do that because yeah, at least it comes with a, a, a trunk load of yeah. uh, of of uh, it's a teacher, instructor, horse, yeah, horse rider, aliver. pony clubber, long time, yep, in charge of Canadian pony clubs education. Yeah, uh, 
program. Yeah, she's a she's a doer, and she really she really loves well she loves horses, which comes from her uncle Earl, by the way. We were okay. talking about earlier in the show who went to World War One. One of the reasons he loved horses is because he always said a horse saved his life in World War One, and he would oh. always have horses in his life after that. Um, but he brought that love to her, and, and Lisa is yes, a deep deep lover of horses oh, that's very, very and sweet. all things horse horsey, and so. Um, yeah, she comes comes to that podcast with a trunk load of, of knowledge, and uh, I guess I should mention tangentially that I that I know about horses intimately below the knee. <laughs> I know all that. I know all that stuff pretty well. All right. You ever were you ever tempted when you were putting like your daughter's shoes on their feet uh, to like just nail them in there? <laughs> you know what? Unbelievably. No, okay. I was good. never. Maybe maybe we would have had to pretend to put them on that way, like. Tick, tick, tick. But I would have to like roll them over tick, into their stomach tick, and like tick, lift their leg up between my legs and pretend to tap on their their shoe. They probably would have thought that was pretty funny. It tickles me the idea. <laughs> um, it does. So thank you everyone for your emails. You. I love to read them, and so thank you for sending them in. And I'm glad. I'm glad Laurel enjoyed Midnight Mass. It is a very good show. I really right, do think I it's good. I don't think I'll give it a shot. I don't think it's particularly scary. I just think it's really emotionally rewarding as a Very show. Very good. Okay, I'm down. Um, <laughs> Give it a try. The uh, now we got to come up with a question for the for for the week. Oh, and uh, <laughs> uh, this is maybe it's a big one. Oh, but just uh, have you found? Let's say you know it's uh, later in life or at any point. Yeah, uh, a new purpose. Mm. Let's go with that. That's a big one. That is a big like one. A wow. purpose. Okay, uh, for you. You know, and unlike uh, me, you have to be willing to admit to the purpose. Yeah, that's a tough thing. It's a tough <laughs> thing to do. Unless you know, yeah. and if you don't want to admit to it, uh, say in your letter, uh, "This is uh, anonymous," and uh, we, we will. Uh, yeah. Maybe oh, so we, you don't want to send it? That'd be email. That'd, that'd be email. email yeah, yeah email, you go so anonymous, and we just sure. like read read it out. That's right. You know, but if you want to be public, you know how to how to go about it. So that's that's one one question. Okay, and uh, second question is if. Someone would write a song about a famous person. Who would you like a song to be written about? Oh, that's nice. That's our that's our sub question, everybody. Very good. And how do you get in touch with us? Is that what you're going to ask you? I was going to ask you that, but I was also going to like do a little preview of just saying. Oh, and by the way, next week. Yeah. I don't know if this affects you in any way uh, in your writing. <laughs> we're going to have a guest, uh, but we're not going to tell you who the guest is. Yeah. So if you want. Ask a question of the guest, not mm. knowing who the guest is. Oh, that's that's kind of cool. So what is this question for our <laughs> guest? I will say this guest has been on the show repeatedly. Oh. That's the clue. That's a bit, bit of a big big giveaway. Yeah. But... <laughs> I'm going to say who it is. Okay. okay. But how, how would they get in touch with us? If they want to get in touch with us, well, it's so easy. It's so easy. Why wouldn't you get in touch with us? Because if you go to our website, which is called Sneaky Dragon, SneakyDragon.com, you can go there. You'll find this show right there on the website and underneath it you may leave a little note for us your comments your thoughts your feelings whatever you can answer the questions that's always fun to read out if you'd like to um, perhaps take on the cloak of anonymity you may write to us at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com that is our email address sneakyd at sneakydragon.com hey this is not anonymous but we're on twitter Sneaky mm-hmm. underscore dragon you it's can the closest uh, thing to anonymous you can talk to us there uh one of our listeners jim middleton wrote to say that he is well behind. He said, 518? Oh my gosh, I am. I got a lot to catch up on. I better get a bag of ketchup chips and settle down. And I, I said, you know what? You want, uh, you want spicy salt and vinegar chips because that's the newest. That's, that's where it's It's at really now. good. It's really good. And he said, worth a road trip. So yeah, that is well worth a road trip, everyone. So uh, that was a little bit of Twitter fun that you could take in 
Uh, take part in if you wanted to. It's uh, Sneaky underscore Dragon. We're on Facebook. We have a Facebook page called Sneaky Dragon. You can find us there. We have a Patreon. A Patreon. At, uh, that's the French word way to say it. Patreon. Uh, you may find us there. Uh, you're welcome to contribute to the show and help us, you know, keep the lights on and all that stuff that we don't actually pay. I, you know, I don't pay anything to keep the lights on because this is all at Ian's place. <laughs> He's paying for it. Yeah, there are most of the light. You will, you will attest. Most of the lights are out. Yeah, you're not really, we're not really doing very well yeah, with this. Keep the lights. Yeah, six lights in here and two are on, so I gotta fix that up. I think you got more than six. No, one, oh no, you got six. Three, four, I'm sorry. Five, six. I mistook the sprinkler there for a light. Oh, <laughs> confuse me. Okay. And the speakers also through a through a spanner. Anyway, that's how you reach us, folks. So so with with me saying that uh, with a light heart. With, with, a, a, with, with a tip of the hat. With a tip of the hat. With a, a directionless, purposeless Dave Dedrick wishes you all a good week. We'll see you next week on the next Sneaky Dragon. Bye, everyone. Bye. Services is calling me, Dave. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh, podcast is canceled, buddy. Oh no. You gotta go to the border? No, no. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. They gotcha. A warrant has been issued for your arrest. And as we usually do, we give you a 10 minute head start. That's right. That's our. We're fair. We're tough, but fair. <laughs> Please do not attempt to contact a lawyer or call a friend who might have information that will help you in this instance. Please panic and make several bad decisions in a row.